Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Cadaver Lab Podcast. I'm Mike, and uh, today we're going to be talking some uh, alien horror. Uh, we've chosen quite a few flicks to talk about. We have all the usual suspects on deck for today. Um, we've got uh, Stephen from JFMP talking some Cadaver Classics with me. We've got uh, Gray covering uh, Killer Workout in his Slasher Central segment. We've got Aaron talking about They Came From Beyond Space in his uh, segment that Came From the Basement. And then uh, Johnny and I will round out the show talking about Critters, Undead, and Night of the Creeps. Um, also, I, I am really stoked about this uh, the band Die Monster Die, it's a horror rock band from here in Salt Lake City, has been kind enough to allow me to play some of their uh, tunes from their brand new album called Fall to Your Knees. Uh, it's an awesome album. I'm going to be playing, you know, maybe four or five songs from it. However, uh, the whole album is awesome. Uh, go to DieMonsterDie.com. You can check it out there. You can listen to a lot of it. Um, and also you can purchase it there if you want. These guys were even cool enough to, to sit down with me and uh, chat with me about the album, kind of what they went through to write, record, and all that stuff. And also um, uh, there's been uh, some changes in the band itself. But uh, So actually we'll just start with that and uh, hope you enjoy.
right, so we are here with uh, the band Die Monster Die. Um, how's it going, guys? Good. It's going. So, yeah, awesome. So, uh, for, the, for, for any of my listeners who uh, didn't get a chance to hear the awesome interview that we did back in, uh, oh, it's been a long time, like August, uh, you mind uh, going through and introducing yourself? Laverne LeBay, guitar. Cyril DeLorean, the vocalist. Sticky Nicks, bass. Meat, drums. So, uh, Sticky Nicks, I don't, I don't remember you from last time. No, I'm pretty new here, fresh face. How new? Um, let's say a couple months, two months? Two months, two months. It's a two-month-old child. Two months, too long. <laughs> so, uh, you're still hanging out with these assholes? Yeah, I'm still here hanging around. He doesn't, he doesn't dare leave. He doesn't know what we did with the last guy. He disappeared <laughs> under mysterious circumstances. So. Awesome. <laughs> he's, he's also attracted to me. Well, who isn't? This is true. This is true. You do have a swell set of knockers. <laughs> so, uh, he's talking about my balls. Uh, no, <laughs> I assume that. Because I can see you don't have very good tits. That's your taters. I like watching them bang against some of these dirt boxes. That's awesome. <laughs> So, uh, anything big going on in the Die Monster Die uh, world recently? New album. Completed. If Completed. New album, it's called uh, Fall to Your Knees? Fall to yep. Your Knees. And right now we're just finishing up the artwork. And it'll be when will it be available for uh, people to purchase? It should be out in May. It'll be out in CD and vinyl in May. And vinyl. CD and vinyl and vinyl. And for all the iTunes uh, people out there, they'll get it in April, April 10th to be exact. It'll be on iTunes, Rhapsody, Napster, uh, whatever. Amazon? Amazon. Virtually uh, all the big name. Last FM, Bebo. 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 Never even heard of Bebo. So, um, what, uh, oh no, no, man, I thought thought you were taking off. No. What, uh, what's, what's different about this album than your... Then, because uh, you have a long history of great albums, uh, where do you guys? First of all, where do you guys think this one ranks? And secondly, would you, do you guys do anything differently? Recording this one, putting this one together, writing. The well, the writing process was just about the same as it always is. We, when we write, we write quickly. Uh, so it was. A couple of songs are written. This one took a bit a longer. Week before we went in there. <laughs> this one took a bit longer to get done. By the time we got it finished, you, really, uh, three. Well, Raven left. Then we had Vladina. She was playing bass, and she went in with us to record the CD. We weren't finished with the recording when she left, and Raven came back. He helped record the rest of it, and then he left before we even uh, mixed it and had all the backup vocals or Are any you guys of that. Serious? Stuff. By by the time, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Each each bassist played about half. As soon as we had finished that up, we were still doing backups and stuff by the time we got Sticky Nicks. I played bass on one song. Did you? All, all of those factors tend to delay things. There was a few months in that process where we were without rehearsal space, so that, you know, once again, another hindrance of, of everything. The, the whole process probably took, what, a week in real time if they hadn't been separated. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit more. If we, if we would have had time to do it, all at once, maybe a week and a half. 
it was a <clears throat> well, we wrote we wrote some of the album with Ladina here and recorded some of it and then some of it we went back and did with Raven so it was it was kind of written in two parts yeah I, I didn't as I was listening to it I didn't notice any kind of difference in the I mean in the bass playing or anything like that it's because we're good yeah, we, we you, just you don't say so yourself. <laughs> we pick good. We pick good for good basis. Speaking of uh, be, uh, of how freaking great you guys are, I'm shaking my head for those of you who can't see me. <laughs> this is uh, it's winking and he is shaking his head. <laughs> um, I'm a witness. I, I put it back in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is probably my favorite uh, album. You guys, your full, favorite full album you guys have put together. Um, to date, what do you guys? How do you guys feel about it? Well, every new album we put, we feel like it's our best one. You know, uh, it would be kind of it would be kind of lame to go, hey, let's put out this album. It's it's almost as good as our last one. You know, do you I mean, think Pearl Jam sits there and says that all their other ones are better than ten? Because that's bullshit if they do. I would absolutely agree with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, shit. I, I bet they do say that. You know, same with say Kiss. You know, right. With Dynasty, even. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Elder. The, the Elder. Do you guys realize that. that Gene Simmons listens to the Cadaver Lab? Well, he's like, well, where my money, bitch? <laughs> We're huge fans of Kiss, but the thing is. Huge fan of Gene Simmons. Yeah. And yeah, I'm a huge fan of Gene Simmons. We just. Uh, I have my. Crazy Nights album. is not as good as Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what can you say Sorry, about Gene. I, I think Gene would agree. I know Gene would agree. This album, though, it, it we took it in a, it, a lot of it in a slightly more metal direction. Uh, returned to some gruffer vocal stylings on a lot of it. Yeah, I was mentioning to Shane that uh, there were tones of uh, Motorhead at points. Yeah. yeah. It, it, but the way we write it, just it's always what comes out. We don't really seek to to write in a certain vein. Right. Unless it, it's something like I really like that anti nowhere lead song that's what i thought of all that much that's what i really love about this band is the fact that uh i can bring any riff you know i mean we all grew up listening to metal and punk rock you know so it's like i can bring any riff in and it's not going to get shot down and go oh that's too metal it's like well let's try it let's see how it goes you know and, and we're not set to a certain kind of formula which i think kind of makes us different and sets us apart from a lot of uh the horror genre type bands is that we uh, we don't confine ourselves to go oh that's you know that's that's too metal or uh, that one doesn't have enough of this or that you know we do what we want well and you can I, I you can see that on the album I mean you have all sorts of different styles of music on the album is what it looks like is what it seems like to me um, so I know that you had some songs written written before, but uh, like uh, "She Looks Like You," that that one's been out on uh, the vinyl thing for quite a while. Um, well, so, we recorded that for the album, and then when the seven oh, inch the yeah, seven inch the came, seven inch. so came it's been around. a while. You've been working on this, and yeah. Really, yeah, and then since, what eighty eight, I believe, was when eighty eight. <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah, 88, <laughs> 30 years in the two, two, <laughs> 2008. Dude, no offense, but it's really shitty if you've been working on it that long. 
<laughs> 2008 uh, is when we started we working on the album. tracks we cut. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, the, the chance for 7-inch came and they wanted an original and then we were to do a Crimson Ghost cover, you know, that's what we agreed to each cover each other. So we went back in and recorded the cover and then we used one of the songs that we had recorded for the album which is at that time we'd only recorded half of the album but we had that one done so we're like yeah this one's close enough let's let's mix this one and then it was a good song people love that song both will notice that she looks like you has got a different mix on yeah does it yeah it sounds a little different on the cd than it does in the seven inch so um i mean that's that's basically i just want to let all my listeners know that uh, this is a badass album you guys have anything to add i mean you guys have been so chatty we love you, Mike, and we love Cadaver Lab. They've never listened to Cadaver Lab. I always listen. I don't give a shit anyways. <laughs> listen. If you're not listening to this, listen to it. Uh, <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't work at all, man. That makes absolutely you're no not sense. not listening, then listen. Oh, also, I want to let everybody know that, that uh, Die Monster Die is the official band of the Salty Horror Film Festival, and they will be playing at the Salty Horror Film Festival. I... I assume. Take that to the bank. Okay, seventy percent, seventy percent of the time. Well, it well, works just don't, just time. don't, just don't split the, the the money three ways, or else Laverne will have a shit fit, yeah. and uh, we get all in your face and stuff, and nothing. No, you said it. <laughs> all right, all right. Thanks, guys. That's all I needed to get from you. And do you guys want to add any last things? I mean, you, especially. Uh, When's this gonna no, be out? The quiet guys When's this gonna be weeks? out? Uh, a couple weeks. A couple weeks, so it's too late to advertise this show. We love Sticky Friday. Nicks. Yeah. He's the new bass player. He's not going anywhere. Go St- to diemonsterdie.com. All right. That's Thanks, right. guys. Thank you. And now it's time for. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, Future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about grave robbers from outer space? Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cadaver Classics for episode 54 with me, as always, is Stephen. What's up, man? Not much, my friend. How are we doing this week? Ah, pretty good. Man, uh, we've—I think we've picked a couple of awesome movies in a row for this segment. Uh, it depends on your <laughs> you... definition of awesome, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, uh, no, that's awesome. I've been, I've, uh, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, we're doing Plan 9 from Outer Space. And uh, I watched that movie this week, <clears throat> this week, and uh, it actually made me uh, get in the mood to watch uh, uh, Ed Wood, the, the, the 1994 movie. And, and I watched uh, some of Glenn and Glenda, another one of Ed Wood's movies, all sorts of stuff. Man, it's like a whole, it, 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 it's just all great stuff. Oh yeah, when when you start getting into it, it's it's fucking fascinating. I mean, I watched uh, Plan Nine Saturday, and then Corey and I watched Plan Nine again, like immediately afterwards, because he had come <laughs> in on the, on the ass end of it. Uh-huh. And we just, I mean, we just had a blast, just sitting there laughing our asses off, and you know, <laughs> you know, talking a little bit about the background of it, right? And then the next morning, we got up and watched Deadwood as well. <laughs> so, oh, are you, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh. we watched. Uh, Ed, I was like, dude, you gotta watch this movie, and he, so, and he fucking loved it. And um, I also watched part of Glenda Glenda. You didn't really? How about that? Yeah, because I have them both on the same disc, so oh. it was <laughs> Plan Nine and Glenda Glenda was on the same disc. So I was like, yeah, let's watch part of this. Uh, and then and Lisa was finally like, all right, boys, that's enough. Enough of this, <laughs> dude. Um, uh, yeah. I, I wanted actually before we before we get into the movie I forgot I, I wanted to I wanted to confront you about something. Oh please do. Um, you know your Skittle story? Yes. I heard that was an urban legend. Really? Who told you that? Um. Well, I just uh, I don't want to give his name, dude. Okay. Right. I I will go to Lisa. I will get Lisa. Uh, to verify this story, but uh, yeah, this it came to me as being the house of God's truth. So, really, it's funny. I told my wife that, and she's like, she's like, oh yeah, my mom heard that too, and and it was. I'm like, no, no, that can't possibly be. But I guess sure enough, because it was Easter this past weekend, we were talking about it, and she claims to have heard it. Then again, I don't know how much I trust my mother-in-law. You yeah, know, she- mother-in-laws and everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Help mothers in general because when, once you get to a certain age, that's menopause. Yeah, and then and then I don't know. I don't know about your mother, but my mother had to deal with me growing up. I question her sanity every day. I I was actually uh, the perfect dream child. Oh, that's right. You were. Yeah. yeah, you still are. I'm sure. Well, absolutely. I I mean I don't know why anybody would think otherwise at all. I don't have a clue, but anyway, the, the big the big news though since the last time we talked, of uh-huh. course, was Horror Hound Weekend, oh. and and I just I mean it was so great to, all the celebrities there, and here's the thing I didn't know was that there would be a lot of celebrity impersonators there. Oh really? Yeah, and so you'll hear on a lot of different because you know I am a pod god and <laughs> a, a celebrity of sorts. JFMP.com. Yes, exactly. I said it because you wouldn't say it. Thank you. Because you're you're a principal. I'm not a whore. I'm not a whore. Oh, um, BS. Yeah. You may not be a <laughs> podcast whore, but I wouldn't go that far. Yes. Well, there's there's all types of whores. Exactly. But um, there's actually a a guy who sounds exactly like me, who was like hanging out in the lobby talking shit about you not being at Horror Hound. Well, so who was he? To, I don't know. Some Who, dude, he, he was a professional Stephen impersonator. Really? Yes, it was fascinating I gotta to watch find, him work. i got to so find this listen, guy and kick his ass. 
Yeah. So if you listen to like the Dark Hours or Obscure Eighties or uh-huh. Drunken Zombie, uh-huh. or I think he managed to like get a little bit on one of one of my recorders I had laying around. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> if you hear hear somebody, you know, saying, "Oh, Mike's a big pussy cocksucker for not showing up at Horror Hound." <laughs> I mean, it, it's really going to sound like me, and it's it's a true testament to this guy's talent. Wow, I am actually <laughs> I am actually really looking forward to that. Not because what he has to say, but because he sounds like you. I do, I mean that that just blows my mind that someone would be able to sound the the dulcet tones of Steve. Yeah, it, it I I thought it was one of a kind, but it turns out yeah that I, I think this guy's gone through some kind of special Buddhist training or something. Oh, them to, damn Buddhists! They're so sneaky. Absolutely, it's, and I don't know. Some, maybe he's a Shaolin monk or something that <laughs> you know. He, he's taken you know his skills to of control of his body and mind. And, well, he could probably eat into me. your mind, man. He could he can get your essence. Yeah, oh fuck, man, that's know, deep. That is well, it's more frightening than deep, I believe. <laughs> um, anybody, if there's anybody else out there that thinks like me, I don't want to know the fucker. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was going to say one thing that I, I just wanted to clear the air there. Well, I, you know, just, I'll, I'll just keep in mind that that wasn't you, even though okay. it sounds like you. Right. But uh, no, I appreciate the warning. I, I really wish I would have gone, man. I think it was a mistake to choose not to go. I don't know. <sighs> oh, there's no doubt. There's, there's absolutely no doubt. From now on, every March, I know that, that it's easy to do because it's still a year away and probably everybody's going to forget this, this decree that I'm about to drop. Every year in March, I'm I'm gonna go to Horror Hound until it starts really sucking. I heard it was really like really packed. Like yeah, I saw I saw a picture online, and the the line was all the way outside of the Marriott, you know, into the parking lot, and quite a ways, you know. Well, that, down that the... the line going like the outside line that yeah. one was just to meet Romero. Oh, are you serious? And what was funny about that was because Friday night when we got there, we got there. Uh, just a, maybe an hour before the they closed out, mm-hmm. and Romero was just sitting there bullshitting with uh, Greg Nicotero. Oh yeah, and anybody who wanted to could have walked up to Romero. You know, in that he was just sitting there, and then but the next day, you I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? Because I thought, oh man, I slept too late. Yeah, and yeah. I walk in, I was like, hey, was everybody in line? And they're like, oh, this is for Romero. I was like. I saw Romero last night. I was fucking two feet from him. I'm not standing in line. You know, that's how it was the year before, too. I went in Friday, and I was there. I, I showed up, like, Friday around noon or something in Indianapolis. So, you know, and so I was there when it opened and whatnot. And, and I went through, got, like, got Bill Mosley, Doug Bradley. There's no lines anywhere. Everybody was there, you know. I got all my autographs that day and kind of went through and bought some stuff. And so I didn't even have to wait in any lines the next days, you know. And plus, all of the, you know, to hang out and just, uh, you know, talk with some of the guests there, they were all out in the lobby and stuff, you know, at night. So, so you know, it was pretty cool. I'm, you know, Saturday, apparently, just, yeah, your balls kicked by how many people get there, show up at it. Yeah, so Saturday, you really couldn't move around a whole lot. And oh, yeah, nothing it, I like better than a lot of sweaty horror dudes stuffed in a room. Yeah, so, so... But by the, by, I don't know, about six or seven, it had pretty much cleared out. And I mean, it was just this big rush, kind of like a, like a 12 to five, you know, it was crowded as shit. And then it kind of went back to normal. What time did it close? Like what time did they shut it down? Like nine? Like nine o'clock, I think. And, um, 
and then Sunday, there's a little bit of a line to get in because, you know, if you, you know, one of the first ones to show up, they didn't have the early entry. Oh, right. So a lot of, a lot of people showed up thinking that they were going, you know, get the early entry. And they were like, no, we don't do the early entry on Sunday. I was like, well, I'm glad I spent the extra fucking 20 bucks because <laughs> I was completely passed out Saturday and didn't get up early. And then Sunday I get down there early and they don't have the early entry. But, nice. <laughs> but still, it, it was fucking worth it. It was, it was a blast meeting everybody, especially, you know, the other podcasters. And then, you know, my wife finally found out that I was famous in my own little way. And so she, she was all excited because she went outside. Well, she went outside to smoke, and the, some guy walked up to her and was like, "So, you know, what's your story? You know, because everybody's you know out front bullshitting the first night, right?" And she was like, "Oh, I'm here with my husband. He, he's a podcaster." And he was like, "Oh, really? You? And, you know, Stephen?" And it's like, "He's like, oh my god, oh, let's do a show." And she she comes back in. She's like, "You know, you have fans." I was like, "Yeah, honey, I'm trying to tell you. I've been trying to tell you I'm famous <laughs> for like a year now." Nice, dude. Yeah. So. Man, I, I feel really privileged to know you, Apparently, nobody too. curses like I do. It, oh, and that's what you're talk. famous for? Yeah, apparently I'm famous for the fucking cursing. So You know what? I'm yeah. probably famous for the other... For, be, for uh, the I hate, exact opposite. Yeah, I, I, hate being, <laughs> I hate being famous for that. You hate being famous for being so puritan? I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm famous at all. Unlike Steven here, I, you know, I have no delusions of grandeur. Oh, they're not delusions, dude. It's just oh, 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 oh right, right, right. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I meant. <laughs> no, man, it, it was a blast, and I wish you could have been there, bro. Yeah, I'll be there every year now. Dang it, uh, I'm really well, bummed. In that case, I will go ahead and commit that uh, I will definitely be there next March as well as uh, this no coming November. I already put in off for November 12th, so I can be there early on Friday. Nice. So yeah, I'm I'm fucking hooked already. So cool. Looking forward to it. Nice and man. Especially if you're going to be there next spring. By yeah, God. yeah. I will. I will the be there for sure. Ass. If we can yeah. get the other douches off their asses, that'll be. Fucking you know, awesome. we have a year to work on them, so maybe you know it'll start a little subtly, and then we'll move it in. Then, then by the time it's March, they will have no choice but to go. Absolutely. If we, <laughs> yeah, we'll need to start hammering them now. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I didn't mail it like that. Well, maybe I did. I don't know because that, that, that fucking well, Canadian, that, that Canadian one. What's his name? Jeff Crazy. Uh huh. He he's a fucking cutie now. Well, plus you, yeah, you never know what the plus, night will plus bring. He has, plus he has a sensitive side. The pictures with him and his kitty cat are just the most adorable <laughs> fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Exactly, and you know what? You don't you don't want to put undue limitations on yourself. You don't want to sit, go in and already have rules that you're not going to do a certain thing. You know, I mean, you you just want to go in and ex have an experience. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, I'm not sure that's the kind of experience I'm looking for when I go back to Indianapolis, but uh, oh, then I'm not going. Oh well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are, are had, apparently I had one with Gray, and <laughs> really awesome. I yeah. bet I bet that was. I bet uh, you know what? I feel like a little bit of a love connector on that one then. Yeah, yeah. really, because you know, all because of Kid Gaver Lab. That, yeah. you know, hey, we're on the same show. Oh, you have beautiful uh, eyes, as do you, Gray. <laughs> yes. He does have pretty eyes. He's a handsome, handsome lad. I'm sure. You were talking about this fucking movie, dude? Oh, oh, oh okay. Movie. <laughs> we have a movie. Enough spooning uh, over Gray. <laughs> it'll, it'll just definitely go to his head. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that we, it, hopefully we 
will be able to fit your head into the next horror hound. We don't. I don't want to have to worry about grays as well. It's Plan Nine from Outer Space. Uh, came out in 1959. Um, get this. It was written, directed, edited, produced, and there was even a part that was uh, played by Edward D. Wood Jr. Uh, he was. Do you know what part he had in this? Uh, no, I do not. Man with newspaper. Really, I thought that was stock footage. <laughs> you know what? Every part, was, every other part of the movie was. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know what? Is it's like twenty percent stock footage. Well, and it's so funny because uh, uh, how how much the stock footage did not match with the movie. Yeah. No, but that's that's part of the charm. That, well, I mean, it really absolutely. Is. And you know, especially the military attack on the spaceship. The and, spaceship. Then, and then you see you some. The sta- yeah, the guy standing there in front of like a just a blank screen. Yeah. You're like, Fire, man. And then it cuts to like the stock footage of like these <laughs> rocket launchers, and it cuts back to him with his goggles. Yep. It's <laughs> uh, fucking great. You know, as as I was kind of starting to read, uh, you know, the good old Wikipedia. For uh, you know, to get some notes down on this movie and whatever, I clicked over to Ed Edwood's uh, page itself, and that dude is, in and of itself, that dude is interesting. Oh, absolutely! The guy, he's a fascinating guy, and surrounded himself with some pretty fascinating people as well. Well, it's it's almost like they could smell their own, you know. Um, yeah, kind of like the douches. <laughs> oh, yuck! Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, and we also talked about Ed Wood, uh, the movie in 1994 that actually won a couple of Academy Awards. But the thing is, is I didn't realize how like true to life that movie was, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm sure that it was, I mean, obviously they took liberties and, you know, uh, Willy Wonka played Ed Wood and, and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's funny because as I'm reading through it, uh, in the, in, uh, Ed Wood, they talked about how, you know, he, uh, you know, he was a, what do you call it, heterosexual transvestite, um, how he uh, loved Angora. He actually enlisted in the Marines and uh, has boasted that he wore women's underwear underneath his fatigues and all that stuff. Um, you know, he even joined a carnival after the Marines as the bearded lady mm-hmm. and a geek. But uh, no, I mean that movie. First of all, the mo- that that Ed Wood is a fantastic movie. I freaking love that movie. But it's just amazing to me that that uh, I mean, like I said, I don't know how much about his personality was the same, but uh, how just what a what an interesting character. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's one of the things I've uh, I wondered from like when I saw the movie originally back in '94. You know how much how much of this was was true to life and. Uh-huh. You know, it's you can't really say okay, yeah, that's the way Edward was. But well, of course, the the like even Dolores Fuller, uh, I guess uh, she was played by Sarah Jessica Parker, the uh-huh. ex-girlfriend. Right. You know, even though she couldn't deal with like the fact that he was a transvestite and and uh, you know couldn't you know they things kind of fell apart. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The interviews I've seen with her, she she's very fond. She seems to this day to be very fond of Ed. Really, uh, every every everybody that I've seen interviewed talking about him, you know, from this old you know, this group, even Vampira, who's kind of in the movie, she's portrayed as kind of thinking he's a loser, right? You know, talks about him in such like warm. I don't know, just just like you know, there's something special about this guy. Well, you and know, she, and she even, re, I mean, and the 
the thing that really surprises me, you'll keep hearing the word, like if you watch documentaries about Ed Wood, these people keep using the word ingenious <laughs> to describe him. And not that he was a talented director, but the fact that he would come up with, you know, like these, you know, how we need a graveyard set. You know, we have no fucking money. He's going to come up with a fucking way to get it done. Right. And, and so in that respect, uh, they, they seem to have like these very fond memories of him as well as this, you know, real regard for his passion and uh, ingenuity when it came to getting these horribly low budget films made. I guess I'm basing this a lot on the movie, on the Ed Wood itself. I mean, like I said, I don't know how close to life that is, but it's like, I think in order to be able to do that, you would have to cultivate these relationships to where people will believe in you, even though you've got jack and shit, you know, yeah. to, to put into this movie. And I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, he basically you have to have people believe in you and uh you know, and all your crazy ideas in order to um you know to go along with what he's doing and i think i think the the people who he attracted were those who were a little crazy themselves because they could see this um crazy side of ed wood and they you know and they liked it yeah absolutely and and um you know going back to the you know ed wood movie even a lot of the anecdotal stuff like uh uh uh, Lugosi going back to the car before and shooting up before he shot the scene where he fought the octopus. Uh-huh. Um, you know, even that is supposedly, you know, absolutely true. Uh-huh. Uh, according, uh, I believe it's Paul Marco who is the one that I uh, saw interviewed that described that incident. And so a lot of these little incidents, them not having the motor for the octopus, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, uh, the whole cast getting all, like uh, Tor Johnson getting baptized in order to get the uh, plan mine non made, and and they had to use the um, you know a swimming pool because he couldn't fit into the thing. So a lot of these little anecdotes uh, that were used in the movie are apparently absolutely true. You know, in in watching that in this Plan Nine, and even Glenn and Glenda, it makes me want to seek out some of these. Uh, um, documentaries that you're talking about i haven't i haven't really sat down to watch a, a real one but uh no that's i think that's definitely something that i need to do just, yeah it's just, it's, it's, just it's, it's pretty fascinating it's pretty fascinating because you know he, he was such a such an odd guy apparently but you know these the, the way the people talk about these it's about him is you know nothing but respect and reverence uh-huh. and just admiration for what he was able to pull off even though, you know, here we are, you know, it, it's, it's a funny thing because, you know, after what the mid sixties, he was basically do, you know, writing porno scripts and right. sleazy novels just to make a living. Yep. Uh, he was, you know, thrown out. He's a, he was evicted, uh, the, I believe two weeks before he died, he was evicted from his house because really? he was fucking broke. And, uh, and supposedly, I don't know if this story is true, but he used to like fake having a heart attack just to get his wife's attention to fuck with her. <laughs> and so, and so when he did die, she ignored him for like half an hour because she thought he was fucking with her. <laughs> and sadly, you know, he's 54 years old when he died and yeah, so man. He's still, still a young guy. And, uh, yeah, she thought it was one of his practical jokes, apparently. 
And so, you know, I guess it's the little boy that cried wolf. <laughs> right. You know, it's funny, too, because, I mean, I don't, obviously, you know, I don't know what it was like to grow up in that time period and whatever. But, I mean, he was born the same year my grandpa was born. And it's just, just to think that, uh, I mean, my grandpa was just such a straight-laced, you know, everything was shocking to him, whatever. You know, it's, to, to be a guy like that in a time period like that, too, I think that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, absolutely, because, uh, well, oh, what was her name? Uh, she had the one, the woman, the sex change, uh, what, oh. what Glinda Glinda was supposed to be about oh, to begin uh, with. Uh, Jorgensen, uh, Christine Jorgensen. Okay. Yeah. The, I mean, that was what, so that would have been like late forties, early fifties when, <laughs> you know, that whole thing came about. Right. And it was so fucking shocking, you know, that someone was having a sex change operation, <laughs> you know, it, that was making like national news that, uh, Jorgensen had, you know, had the sex change operation and now, you know, it's like fucking nothing. I can fucking find 50 trans you know sexuals just well we we all know you've it. got it done and back and done and back countless times yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah I, I just wish i could make up my mind well you know and the thing about the thing about this movie you know when we talked about eraser head last episode we talked about having to be like in the right mood to watch it because if you're not in the right mood it's not going to work for you i think plan nine is the same kind of a thing obviously it's a different move than uh, you would want to be in for a racer head but i mean if you're going to go in there and you're going to like look and you're going to try to to judge this film based you know on on its technical merits on its uh um dialogue you know on its actors on all this stuff you're going to think it's stupid Oh, absolutely. I mean, and if you're going into it with that frame of mind, you don't need to be fucking watching the movie anyway. You're missing the entire point of sitting down and watching this. Right. The the, the whole point of watching this is just to fucking have fun. Well, and um, it, it I mean, is there's a fun. there's a reason it was it was named you know in what 1980 the worst movie of all time. <laughs> yeah. And Edward the worst director of all time. Uh, there, <laughs> there's a reason for that. Technically, this movie is fucking ridiculous. I mean. Just from the very beginning, when it was the line, you know, we are all interested in the future because that's where we will be spending the, the rest future. of our lives. And that's like, <laughs> what? And future events such as this will affect you in the future. Yeah. And then he starts talking, and then the whole Plan 9 movie, apparently he switches to past tense, talking about how these were true events. or And then you've got, you know, the whole future past tense thing going on. Right. Yes, you know, this will have would have happened in the future had it you know when it takes place. You know, I know that this has been uh, mystery science theatered, or, or it's either that or riff tracks. I can't remember it, which. It was it was riff tracks. They never oh. did get to it on. MS3. Oh really? But anyway, it was. Uh, I've never heard that, but I mean. Just uh, the the guy in the beginning of the movie, a guy named Criswell comes out and he starts announcing the show uh, with what the movie's about and, and kind of introduces it. And that's what you're talking about now with that stuff, Stephen. And uh, basically, I just as he was talking, I was just thinking, oh my gosh, I bet you those guys were going wild at this point because he was throwing he he was throwing them softballs with all of those awesome lines and he actually even started narrating it into you know some of the uh 
some you know part of the beginning part of the movie um it, it's just i mean it, the whole time i was just thinking wow the, these uh, this movie's probably getting wasted right now uh from this but you know what like you said that's part of the fun and i don't really <laughs> here's here's the difference okay now i don't think this is the worst movie ever made here, oh, here, by, he, here in far. 2010, even, I mean, let's say we were to even take it seriously. I mean, it wouldn't be a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. However, um, with, I mean, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the ease of making movies nowadays or, or whatever. But literally there are movies now that, that I just cannot even sit through and watch and they piss me off. I mean, uh, directors like, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh. Oliver Stone. <laughs> oh yeah, wow. And uh, uh, what's it? God, what's that guy's name? Dang it, Zombie Nation. Uh, Yuli Lommel. You ever seen a movie from that guy? Even you know Uwe Boll. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I would watch Plan Nine seriously before I would watch most of any movie from either of those two guys. You know, oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And, you, and I I mean I don't know what it is, and obviously the it was claimed by uh, it was claimed as being the worst movie in the world in the eighties, and you know I I don't you know I don't. I don't know what kind of other crap was out there at that point, but, you know, but, uh, I don't know. I, th- this movie, I mean, it's still, even, even like if you take it seriously, I still can't see this as being the worst movie in the world. Well, as far as, as far as technically, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. technical filmmaking goes, then yeah, probably, you know, you've got sets falling over and you know, <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, people blowing lines and the guy, the guy waving and what's funny Apparently, the guy, the inspector, waving the gun around and scratching his head with it. And just, right. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The supposedly loaded gun. He's got his finger on the trigger the whole time. <laughs> and, and my and my even my son was like, "That's not very safe." He's not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. But I think I think the thing that separates this movie from, like you said, Uwe Boll or however the fuck you pronounce his name. You know, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's he's in the movie business to make money. Right. He knows he can buy a property for, you know, fifty thousand uh, dollars, throw to, throw together a script in two weeks and fucking have it out to DVD. And even if he sells, you know, five thousand copies, he's broke even. Right. And if he can you know, sell it to the Cinemax to show it fucking five o'clock in the morning, you know, he's going to make a million here, a million there. Well, and he, he and he's in it for the he's in it because he's a businessman, right? Whereas a, a movie like this, part of the charm is the fact that you know it really you know you can tell this you can almost tell that this was a labor of love. This was a guy who, I mean, everybody seemed to be pretty much enjoying what the hell they were doing, right? And you know, you, you know, it's goofy. It's you know not it's a soulless crappy. piece of crap like. Like exactly. There, this movie has a little bit of fucking soul to it. And that, you know, and I will, t- I could totally, I will totally agree with you on that. And and especially if you are familiar with Ed Wood's background, you know, even if all, all you've seen is the Ed Wood movie, you know, you know, you get the idea that, yeah, this guy was passionate about his filmmaking. Right. Well, uh, and you yeah. know, that even in, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, the Ed Wood movie really endeared him to me, you know. And, I mean, I'd seen Ed Wood before, and I'd seen Plan 9 before, but I don't think Plan 9 meant as much to me until I saw Ed Wood. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, because I, I saw Plan 9, you know, probably several times, you know, as a kid growing up. Right. You know, and it was just like, okay, yeah, it's this goofy movie, and yeah, you know, all well and good, and... 
when once you get to know a little bit about the guy, then it does take on it. It, it adds a kind of charm to it that uh, is kind of missing, right? Maybe, but but still, you know, at the same time, it, it's evident there, you know, especially uh, what's um, Paul Marco. I mean, who was in several of uh, Ed Wood's movies. Mm-hmm. You know, he he just seems like such a fucking character that, you know, he's, it's just <laughs> fun to fucking watch him. And, right. Um, I don't know. What's uh, Walcott, the guy that played, you know, the big hero in this. Uh-huh. You know, this, that was the guy. He was a member of the church that backed this movie. Right. And, uh, you know, he was saying, talking about how, you know, you know, he would, he liked to tour the sets before he would uh, actually play a role, you know, to kind of get into character and get a feel for things. Right. And he was talking, he's like, well, where's the cockpit set? And Ed Wood would, you know, <laughs> tell him, oh, it'll be here in a minute. It'll be here in a minute. And then finally, <laughs> they just pull up, you know, two, two uh, wooden chairs and uh, uh, a shower curtain. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. And throw it together like five minutes before they shot. <laughs> And took uh, a couple of pieces out of the uh, spaceship set and set them up in front of them and said, well, there's your cockpit, <laughs> you know, let's do it. So, I mean, just it just seems like it would be a blast to fucking work with the guy because, I mean, it's just, just zaniness abounding all the time. Right. And, right. Uh, and, the, and the other thing is that, that relationship between uh, Bella Lugosi and uh, Ed Wood. Right. You know, it really was uh, apparently, uh, you know, this very touching friendship that the two had. Both of them, you know, trying to help each other out. You know, Lugosi at the end of his career, uh, pretty much washed up and written off by Hollywood. And, you know, Ed, him trying to help Ed, who, you know, was struggling, you know, right. as, you know, because he needed a name make, to put in his movie. So somebody take yeah. him seriously. Yeah, but aside from that, you know, Ed uh, really did try to help him kick the drugs and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. So, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just all, just an all, altogether a fascinating story. Right. Well, I, and again, that that makes this movie even a little more endearing to me. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, um, sp- the, you, you talk about Jeff Trent, uh, or I'm sorry, Gregory Walcott. Uh, mm-hmm. So he, so was he, he was an actor. He was, uh, I mean, before this movie and stuff. Yeah, he was he was an actor, mm-hmm. but and as a matter of fact, he said his agent was fucking furious that he re- ended up in Plan Nine. Really? Yeah, but uh, you know he he just laughs about it now. <laughs> you know he, he's funny. He said, but at the time, his agent was like, you know, you've just destroyed your fucking career by being in an Ed Wood movie. Oh, what a dick. Probably right, but. Probably right because I don't remember seeing him in anything else. Well, and the the thing is, is the char- just like you were saying, a lot of the characters in this movie were definitely unforgettable. I mean, obviously the the Bell or uh, the it starred Bella Lugosi in Vampira, who, by the way, was Vampira? Was she a horror hound? Uh, she's dead, dude. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, she died in two thousand eight, I believe. Oh, I thought I saw a picture of her from there. But anyway, they, they they had a tribute to her. It oh, was did all they? These, yeah, it was all these horror hosts. Hosts. Was there from one like all uh, over the country that came in? One called Ivana Cadaver. Uh, I think she was there. I heard somebody mention her, oh, but I did not. I like her. her. The only one. The only one I, I met, Miss Monster. She was. Oh, the per, the blue awesome. one. Was that yeah, the blue with one? The bright orange hair. Yeah. Oh my God, she was hot. Yeah, she she doesn't look ugly. 
even though no. she's green and orange or blue. I really don't care. She could be all the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> um, and also, you know, Tor Johnson was a, apparently a wrestler at that time. And so they just mm. kind of threw him in, which, which, by the way, in Ed Wood, they had George the Animal Steel play him. Freaking, oh, yeah. they could not have picked a better guy to play him. I know, uh, it's uncanny. How, how much they look like each other. And you know what's also and freaky? sound like each other as well. Oh, yeah. That I, I got a little freaked out at how hairy uh, George the Animal Steel is, but I guess you don't get the uh, the nickname The Animal for, for nothing. Anyway, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, you know. How I, did you get it? What's that? Uh, uh-huh. The uh, It was a couple of uh, romantic encounters. Okay, enough said. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I don't know if we really want to go through the plot instead of just kind of talk about separate parts. The plot, I mean, the plot's fairly simple. There's a, you know, a group of uh, aliens who have been uh, trying to contact Earth's governments because uh, they wanted to warn us that we are on the verge of destroying the universe. And right. uh, basically... What they're gonna since they haven't had any luck contacting us, they're going to get our attention by uh, enacting Plan Nine, which is basically to shoot a ray into the the, the brains of the recently dead and uh, reanimate them and uh, have them kill living people. And it all makes sense anyway. Yeah, sure it does. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm absolutely convinced that. Night of the Living Dead is a direct sequel to Plan 9. It could be. You know, it because absolutely they, could they, be. They, they, they hint, or, uh, Romero kind of hints that there's like some kind of satellite or something involved. And then all of a sudden all the dead start coming back. It, it's absolutely, it's a direct sequel. He just doesn't want to admit that he ripped off Plan 9. And absolutely. I think I Ed Wood should be um, credited with the, uh, with the whole zombie genre. I, I absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, because I, I think if Ed had the budget, he would have had uh, you know, whole hordes of reanimated corpses. He could afford four people or three people, and that—that's right. how many he made into zombies. <laughs> right, and you know, if maybe if he if, if he what you know wasn't in such an eclectic group, you know, maybe if he broadened out a little bit to normal people, he could have gotten you know maybe some more friends to come along and be zombies. And yeah. Maybe, but if, yeah. he, if he reached out to normal people, I don't think it would have been nearly as, as uh, good of a movie. Well, if all they got to do is wander around and, you know, be zombies, yeah, how but hard I, is that? But, you know, I think that would basically mean that uh, uh, normal people would be able to, uh, uh, you know, relate to Ed Wood. And I think that would have just been, you know. Yeah, that would have uh, ruined the whole mystique. Uh, yeah, the original name for this movie is Grey Robber, Robbers from Outer Space, which I wish they kept because I actually really like that. Um, but but anyway, I don't mean to kind of jump around here. Uh, there were my favorite scene in the whole movie was towards the end when um, the cops in in this in this uh, pilot, Je- uh, what was his name, Trent Jeff Trent, uh, show up on a saucer that had landed. And uh, they show up, and there's the leader there, basically explaining to them why they're putting Plan Nine into uh, effect, and uh, you know what the whole deal is with that. Um, because one of the most hilarious 
sequences of dialogue in the world. Well, well, you know, first of all, I mean, I think one of the, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying this is scientifically viable or anything like that, but I mean, it was a pretty cool, uh, it was a pretty cool reason to, uh, you know, to come down and, uh, you know, interfere with the humans because basically they were, they were about to stumble upon, what was it called? Uh, a solar bonite? Yeah. Solaronite, I so, believe is, or something. Yeah. I think it's solaronite. Oh, I can't remember, but, uh, I wrote, but yeah, I, but I typed yeah, it solar bonite. Solar bonite. <laughs> <laughs> That's something entirely different. That's what happens when you nude sunbathe. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but I'm, but, but yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the con. The, I don't know. It's a pretty creative little you know plot device there. That I agree. We if if we've learned to split the atom, we're going to learn to split uh, uh, solar particles, particles right. of light, and then that will cause a chain reaction that goes back to the sun, and then anything that the sunlight touches is going to feel the effects. So, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty neat concept i mean not exactly well and he even he sound, even explained but... it all the way out saying it'll cause a chain reaction everywhere there's sunlight like it, like if we blow it up here it will chain react all the way to the sun and then it will continue to chain react to everywhere where the sunlight touches and basically it will destroy everyone in the universe so you know i mean i i, I thought that was a you know pretty good reason to come down and, and mess with the humans instead of just you know whatever yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not so sure that you know, Plan Nine. I, I don't know what plans one through eight were. But. Well, they, first of all, they might. They probably didn't try very hard. But uh, I think it's hilarious. The Plan Nine it, is the one that worked. Well, well, did, did it though? Well, well, <laughs> the one. The I'm sorry, the one that got our got, attention. It was. But see, all right, I guess Plan One was you know try to contact them with radios, right? Because they did that and. Uh, it, it was only you know not too long ago that we figured out a way to translate. Right. Oh, with the language then, machine, or yeah, what, what the, was that called? The dictorometer, or whatever. <laughs> the, uh, the language computer. I don't. I don't remember. Yes, the language. Yeah, the language computer. But yeah, the scientific name for it. You call it the the language computer, but it's actually a dictorometer. It was probably um, created by the British. Probably. I'm just. We're gonna start on them. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just think it was funny how much crap you got for what? What was it? What was it? You just said, uh, what was that disease that that was in? Uh, I don't even remember. That was so long ago. She, a quasi, yeah. She was in a quasi coma. <laughs> coma, yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> with with uh, overtones of delirium. <laughs> Dear God. That was so great, but it's funny because when when they're all in there talking to the to the uh, uh, well, well, first of all, let, let's talk about that. You were you were talking about the plants. That's right. Um, the funny thing is, is it was so. I mean, the, I think it was hilarious because I mean, let's just talk about the uh, what do you call those the the, the flying saucers for a minute. I mean, okay. okay, they are obviously dangling from a string. They're not yes. they're not uh, twisting at all. They're just kind of hanging there, rocking back and forth, you know, on the string freaking hilarious but the thing is is even you know when they flew by it would knock everybody over and apparently that wasn't enough to get the uh the people's attention they needed to start uh they needed to start reanimating the dead yes but the the dead that never left the graveyard so i don't know how, <laughs> how many people's attention they were going to get just like hanging out by the tomb waiting for somebody to come by <laughs> speaking I know. And, you, and, you, and you know when, whenever i do see a zombie the first thing i think is Huh, I wonder if aliens are trying to send me a message. 
<laughs> well, and you know what? So funny. Speaking of the dead in the graveyard. Okay, so basically, I think most of us know that uh, um, the only thing that really Bela Lugosi, the only thing he does in this movie is uh, he, he's just in the very first parts, so and it was actually all filmed. Uh, before the movie really got going, uh, the filming started, and he died before he could really finish his role. Right. And, the, the, well, actually, the, the footage of Lugosi was shot for a completely different movie that Edward was working on. Absolutely. And, and you know, the funny thing is, is uh, and, and, and like I said, I've seen, uh, I've seen Plan 9 a couple of times, you know, throughout the course of my life. And uh, I remember thinking it was so weird that, that uh, Lugosi, when he woke up in, the, uh, in the, uh, the crypt that he came out of, that he decided that he needed to, he had a cape on and he put his, that he put his uh, cape around his face so you couldn't see his face. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, how dumb is it? The freaking Bela Lugosi's acting like Dracula in this movie. That just doesn't make sense. Well, it does make sense <laughs> in the fact that that was freaking his wife's chiropractor or something standing in for Lugosi. And as I watched it this time, I noticed he looks nothing like Lugosi. No, not at all. Nothing he's like, like a foot taller, too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and that that was hilarious. And, and and the other the other thing I noticed because I you know we did watch this movie you know Easter weekend two times in a row. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm I'm starting to wonder if Plan Nine wasn't enacted on the first Easter Sunday. <laughs> Are you going to start with the whole zombie Jesus stuff? No, I'm, I'm not saying Jesus was a zombie. I'm saying Jesus was resurrected by aliens. Oh, that's awesome. That's part of Plan Nine. <laughs> oh man, well you know. In, in, because in biblical times, though, they, they weren't quite sophisticated enough to build the dictarometer. Well, exactly. Plus, it would be harder to notice plans 1 through 8 being enacted back then. Because Absolutely. they don't have, like, radar and all that other stuff. That makes perfect sense to me, actually. Yeah. Anyways, so. getting back to the to the final conversation. I feel like I'm jumping around, but, it, I mean, this movie is so damn funny that, it, that it, I would hate to forget some of these things. Anyway, uh, there's one, uh, like I said, where, where the kind of the final part where Eros, the uh, the leader of the aliens who's come down, is talking to these humans, and he's, you know, he's telling them all about the solar bonite and all that stuff, and, and he's like, the humans are on the verge of destroying the universe. Your adolescent minds can't comprehend the power, blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he, and then he starts, uh, um, he says something like, somebody asked him a question. He goes, well, you know, I can't remember, but the answer was, because all of you Earth people are idiots. Stupid. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> and it's just, I just started dying laughing at that point because it's like Your really stupid minds stupid yeah. stupid <laughs> oh man this you it know was, what it was so dramatic I, I was really sold i think i really believe that the aliens thought humans were stupid well and also it's funny because uh, at the same time when they were telling us how progressive their minds were and how much more advanced they are he basically also in the same breath said that women are only there to uh propagate the species or something like that i can't remember he like pushes the girl down and and yeah. uh or i can't remember exactly what he said but but uh i I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, you know, in in the movie, I I honestly think well that, maybe they uh, are more advanced than us. <laughs> well, then we well never that, mind. I, that, that actually sounded more like one of your lines, but I I I love the ladies. Yes. I I think they're wonderful and awesome and great. <laughs> That's why you married twelve of them. Some of the some of the most awesome dialogue that the. the the zombies were hilarious to behold. Vampira and uh, Tor Johnson was was hilarious, and that dude was mm-hmm. a mountain, by the way. And uh, oh man, 
it's just uh, one part that was also funny was they they there's a bunch of people who go to uh, um, Bill Lugosi's funeral I guess what was supposed to be his funeral in the beginning and they all there's a bunch of people that fit into like a a five by seven shed made up to look like a crypt you know and they all just come pile out of it like it was a clown car you know all, all, you know all sorts of stuff like that was just you know it was it just kept it really fun and interesting and and uh, I don't know I I, I freaking uh, love this movie. I think also we should kind of maybe throw in the uh, maybe that it was it's probably more enjoyable if you were to you know maybe watch Ed Wood or yeah. you know and or maybe even some of your the documentaries you were talking about which I really want to start watching now. Ed Wood though is a definite companion piece. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. This movie is a blast, and you know, like I said, I watched it with my fourteen year old son. We. The two of us had a blast watching it. You know, it's just absolutely fucking ridiculous, but it's just such a good, such a good time. And, you know, even he enjoyed it. So, yep. you know, that, that kind of tells you something. And, um, you know, again, you know, if you know a little bit about the guy and, you know, it almost makes this movie a little bit more endearing. I agree. Uh, see, seeing a little bit about the guy and how passionate he was about uh, this crap he was making. And, you know, I, I have a special place in my heart for Ed Wood because, you know, he said he said that his two favorite genres of movie were the Western and horror. So, fuck well, you got a half right, right there with him. Yeah. Well, fuck you. <laughs> oh, that is great. Yeah. He was actually going to do a uh, combination of the two. Uh, the Ghoul Goes West. I believe oh, that's, that's the right. All of it. Yeah. That was going to be a. Uh, a kind of zombie western, but unfortunately, he you know, never managed to raise the money for it. Unbelievably, yeah. after after all his blockbuster <laughs> money making extravaganzas. <laughs> oh yeah, and, uh, and uh, I don't know. It's just a just a fa- fascinating movie to watch. Um, I think that whole. I think, like I said, I think Ed Wood is is a really fascinating guy just to check out and watch Glenn and Glenda. Watch some of those. You know, I didn't even realize that he also wrote uh, Orgy of the Dead, which uh, which that was a, that was actually the first uh, Ed Wood movie I actually owned. Oh well, you just well. It, it's funny. I didn't realize it. It was because that whole movie is like Criswell and some other lady goes and then watches a bunch of quote unquote dead ladies uh, do a booby dance. You know, yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> and that so, was the whole movie, just over and over. I can't even remember anything else about it. Oh, dude, you don't remember the Mummy and the Wolfman? No. That, oh my God, where they they captured this couple was like driving down the road and they're like a car breaks down or whatever and they're they oh. tied up and I'm like, i love this fucking movie i, mean, I remember thinking that they were just like peering in on this ritual that was going on with criswell in this in some lady watching naked nude dances and that's all yeah. i remember <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's pretty much it but the, but the wolfman and the mummy kidnapped the, that's this so couple funny dude. And, and taught them to these stakes and what's funny is like the chick that they kidnap and she's uh, tied to the stake. Like you'll notice like in between dances, like, like her shirt will end up a little bit more unbuttoned throughout the movie. Are you I serious? Mean, yeah. You never get a, get a money shot of her, but still. Oh yeah. I, as I as if you really are hurting for that in that movie. Oh, uh, but, but it, it's, it's so hilarious that each, each one of these women, you know, they, they've got a backstory that relates to the dance they were doing. Like this woman was greedy in life and now she must do the naked dance of gold. 
with the naked <laughs> dance of gold. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Just, awesome stuff like this woman killed her lover with a snake and now she must dance naked with a snake for all eternity and and then they it's like a half a dozen little burlesque shows each related to their sin in life oh that's so funny and then funny. you've got the wolfman and the mummy fucking you know with their fucking wacky dialogue in between oh my god these would be like long dances like two three minutes it's oh, like yeah, and they would be nothing but them dancing which you know is fine but it just seems and, weird in a, in in a movie narrative to just stop and take a little break for two minutes, two, three minutes as, you know, as uh, they, they I, flat I, actually, their actually, I think the breaks were when they had the dialogue. <laughs> 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 Obviously the point of this movie was just to show some Absol- Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and that's hilarious. So I'm all for it. So yeah, but, yeah I, I, say, I, I wasn't actually, trying to complain. I actually picked it up for like three bucks on VHS at uh, a video store that was going out of business. Yeah. You know, once the bottom <laughs> fell out of the video market. Oh, I love that. And so this was like early nineties, you know, all these, you know, blockbuster come in and drove everybody out of business. Right. And so I was like picking up shit like this. And you know, it's funny is I think orgy of the dead. It's gotta be fucking great. I picked that and up, not knowing what it was, right. turned it on, started watching it. And I was just like, this has got to be the greatest movie of all time. And that, <laughs> and that's, and that actually made me pick up, uh, plan nine and, uh, the Glenn and Glenda. I have those on VHS still to this day from that from just finding that orgy of the dead oh yeah that's so yeah orgy, orgy of the dead is a gate is a nice little gateway to the world of ed wood <laughs> especially if you like boobs yeah, i was gonna say it especially at the the time in my life we were at it was it couldn't have been a better fit and what year did that movie come out anyway it had to have been like mid 60s 65 i think is what it was it uh it, it, at that point it was so funny because it's like all of a sudden it, it, you know you know you, you you find something brand new and then kind of an, uh, a floodgate is opened. I kind mm-hmm. of felt like that when I got that on a fluke, you know. For some reason, I picked up Orgy of the Dead. I'm like, ooh, that's a really risque name. And then all of a sudden, I just started buying all these other, you know, and it was all v- VC- VHS. And it's like, back in the day, you, you could find those things for cheap. Oh, yeah. So. But, yeah, it, it's a good one. And um, what's even scarier is there's a novel. What? Yeah, Orgy of the Dead. He, there, it was based on uh, his novel. Uh, what? So I'm, I'm just, I just. I'm assuming it's a short a, story. A very short book. <laughs> yeah. Like as many words as like a, a an illustrated children's book, but not yeah. necessarily a children's book. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'd be curious. To, I wonder if that's if there's a way to come up with a copy of that because I'd I'd love to read the original novel. See how see if it's as good as the movie. Because, oh, yeah. you know, the book's always better. I, You know what? I have a hard time believing that in this case. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah, if it's not illustrated. But um, I don't know. Have you seen uh, One Million ACDC? Uh-uh. I haven't seen it yet either. I, I need to hunt down a copy of it. it. It looks like it's going to be along those same lines. Uh-huh. What, uh, it, what is it? Is it an old uh, it's, it's a Yeah, it's, well, it's... Uh, 69 maybe oh uh-huh uh it's you know the raquel welch uh movie one million years bc oh yeah uh-huh. yeah the, yeah, the popular it's yeah it's apparently a take on that and yeah, you know, where you've got uh naked cave women running around it's <laughs> you know a d- a delightful comedic romp in prehistoric times well if, if you happen to get that one share the wealth 
Uh, definitely will, my friend. So, but uh, yeah, keep your eye out if you if you see that. <laughs> that's one I really want to see. Oh, uh, dude, yeah, man. Oh, uh, you know, as far as uh, as far as Plan Nine from outer space is concerned, I say, uh, you know, I say, watch it. Make sure to be in the right uh, frame of mind. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's basically all I've got to say about it. Yeah, that's I'm with you there, man. I think it's a great movie. I like. I, I say, just go out. Go go ahead out and fucking buy it. Well, and I'm because, I'm going to go searching for the some, at some point tracks. you're going to fucking want to see this movie. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, chatting about Ed Wood with me. My pleasure, sir. And we'll stand together on the living and the dead.
welcome back to Slasher Central, brought to you by the Dark Hours Horror Podcast. Hey, you want a beer? Or do you want to smoke some pot? We love premarital sex. Now, if you couldn't tell by that really goofy 80s music, I decided not to do an alien-type slasher movie. I thought about it really hard, and the only alien slasher movie that I could come up with was a gem from the 1980s called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It was a spaceship, and there was these things, these the, uh, killer clowns, and, and they, they shot popcorn at us. We barely got away. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Holy shit. <laughs> now, the reason I decided not to do Killer Clowns from Outer Space is because everybody's seen it. And the whole reason I do this segment, the reason it's fun for me, is to try to introduce new movies to people. And to try to get you to find new slasher gems that you haven't seen before. So, having said that, this week, I proudly present to you Killer Workout, or... Aerobicide. Pretty young members of a local gym are being killed off one by one. Could the two-year-old tanning booth accident of a young woman have any relation to the murders? There are two common denominators in all the murders. All the victims were members of the spa. Number two is what I just couldn't figure out until today. All of them were good-looking, beautiful people. In great shape. Perfect bodies, one might say. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Man, that's a really short synopsis. Well, there's not really a whole lot to talk about when you're talking about plot and aerobicide. First of all, the movie was directed by David Pryor. And the movie stars Marcia Carr as Rhonda Johnson, whose only main acting credit was in Maniac Cop with Bruce Campbell. London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. And man. Marsha Carr, what a wonderful actress. I mean, the whole movie, she just looks like an absolute bitch. Well, 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 look who it is. Hi, bitch. I mean, the entire movie, she has one look, and it's, you know, bitchy. And then there's her co-star, David James Campbell, as Lieutenant Morgan. And man, this guy chews scenery like a lawnmower. I'm not some other cop. Name's Morgan, detective lieutenant in charge of this investigation. Get used to the name, you're gonna see a lot of them. <laughs> Wanna tell me about it here, Charlie, or do I put the bracelets on you? <laughs> Seriously, he keeps looking directly at the camera, and he's this big, beefy dude who obviously has no acting experience, 
And it just shows. I mean, the entire movie, he spits out his lines. He flubs scenes. He's just this big dude that is just a goofball. And then there's the director's brother, Ted Pryor, as Chuck Dawson. And he kind of rounds out the cast. Now, a dark fact about the brother of the director, Ted Pryor, is that he was Playgirl Man of the Month centerfold in March 1984. Yeah, that's right. I mean, all the guys here are these big, beefy dudes. And they all, like, harken back to Arnold Schwarzenegger in his golden days. You know, the days when he used to actually like to lift weights. It's as satisfying to me as uh, coming is, you know, as uh, having sex with a woman and coming. And so can you believe how much I am in heaven? I'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym. I'm getting the feeling of coming at home. I'm getting the feeling of coming... Backstage when I pump up, when I pose out in front of 5,000 people, I get the same feeling. So I'm coming day and night. So getting to the movie, I mean, this movie is cheesy. The closest movie that I could liken to Aerobicide would be a gem from the 1980s, a slasher classic called Pieces. The most beautiful thing in the world is smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed. And the reason I compare Pieces to Aerobicide is that both movies are absolutely zany. They don't make any sense. In fact, sometimes you got to wonder, the directors of these movies, I mean, what were they going for? Were they going for the serious aspect or were they going for the goofy aspect? Like in Pieces, I think the director there really thought he was making serious material a la U-Bowl or something. But in this movie, Aerobicide, I really think the director was going for the goofball aspect of it. And he was trying to make a fun slasher. And I tell you what, in the uh, time doing Slasher Central for Cadaver Lab, this is probably the most fun I've had watching a slasher in a while. I mean, in a long time. Next to Pieces, this is probably going to be one of my favorite slashers. Next to, you know, the Friday the 13th movies. I mean, what other movie can you get a main character who gets caught sniffing jock straps in the middle of the movie? And then there's just the absolute absurdity of it all. I mean, you've got to wonder in most slasher movies, how come the cops are so inept? Well, in this movie, you have Lieutenant Morgan at the front who can't do anything. And then you have the cops who find the bodies at the very beginning of the movie. But they decide not to close down Rhonda's gym where all the murders take place. So every time somebody gets killed, you get this shot of the cops carrying away a body bag. But they never shut down the place. And also, half the murders take place in broad daylight. It's just crazy. I mean, how does this movie make sense? And then there's the horrendous acting. Hi, Rhonda. What the hell are you doing? Look, business is bad enough already. What? Look, just teach the class to stop showing off your tits and tight little ass. Got it? You use your tongue prettier than a $20 whore. It's just grade Z acting that just adds to the ambiance in the movie. But the best part about Aerobicide, the really enjoyable part, is the nudity. Oh, boomy, boomy. Guess how many boobs I saw today, Marge. Oh, boomy, boomy. I'm just sick of all the amateur stuff. If I'm paying top dollar, I want something that I can look at, you know? I want a little production value. I need... Oh, boomy, boomy. An hour, in and out, done. Boobs. Genius. I mean, we're not even in, like, I don't know, 
10 minutes into the movie before we get our first gratuitous shower scene followed by the death. And then there's tons of spandex throughout the entire movie. And then at the very beginning of the movie, the accident that kicks it all off has a full nude scene with this lady. I mean, it really gives slasher fans what they want. And let's just... I mean, let's just go for it here. This is a ripoff. This movie is an absolute ripoff. The director, Mr. Pryor, knew exactly what was hot at the time, and he made sure that his movie had all the slasher elements. This movie is not subtle. In fact, let's look at the definition of subtle here. Fine or delicate in meaning or intent. Difficult to perceive or understand. Mysterious. This movie takes a shotgun to subtlety. So the real question is, is Killer Workout a good slasher movie? Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's a little heavy-handed. You have really stupid things like, you know, these obvious red herrings in the movie. Just relax. I'm not some kind of crazy killer. And then the movie starts out with your typical accident where something bad happens to somebody and they're scarred, so they have to get, you know, revenge for that. And it starts out really great with this character getting burned alive in this tanning bed. And because of that character getting burned, that leads on to the murders. And there's just this really fake screaming at the beginning that just lends to the cheesy atmosphere of the movie. And let's talk about the murder weapon in the movie. I mean, we've seen it all, right? We've seen the big ones. There's the butcher knife, the machete, the chainsaw, even pruning shears. But have we ever seen a giant safety pin? Yes, that's right. A giant safety pin is the main murder weapon for this movie. It has to be seen to be believed. And then there's the movie itself, which is just so dated. There's so many shots of these girls in tight spandex doing aerobics throughout the movie with this cheesy 80s music. And it's, I mean, it is absolutely hilarious. And during all of these aerobics montages, I just can't help but remember that guy from Friday the 13th, Part four, you know, the lab technician that like was really obsessed with aerobics and he kept watching aerobics on the TV even while he was making out with his girlfriend. You remember that guy? Jesus Christmas! Holy Jesus goddamn! Holy Jesus jumping Christmas shit! Well, think about the stuff he was watching, except stretch it out over two hours. And I'm not joking. Throughout the movie, they will insert montages of people working out with cheesy music. It's like murder, aerobics montage. Murder, aerobics montage. I mean, this movie is just chock full of B-movie gold. Let's go over a couple scenes. First of all, there's a scene right in the middle of the movie where things are heating up. People are dying. So Detective Morgan follows this girl up to her apartment. Now, it's never explained why he's following this girl. And, of course, she was introduced strictly to be killed. So she goes up to her apartment. And, of course, the killer's in there. Now, Detective Morgan is knocking on the door and saying, Hello, can you let me in? Hello, this is the police. And for some reason, she's scared. So she's backing in 
further and further into apartment, and there's the killer with the giant safety pin. So the killer murders her, and the killer hears Detective Morgan at the door as well, but for some reason, she just can't go without killing this person. So now Detective Morgan breaks down the door, and he's running up the steps, and the killer has nowhere to go, except for a window. So you're thinking, well, she's going to slip out the window or something, right? Well, the murderer just plows out the window, does like a karate flip out the window to escape. I mean, just the most over-the-top thing ever. And then let's talk about another scene. This movie follows the classic slasher cliche that you've got to have, like, deaths every ten minutes or something. So right in the middle of the movie, you have these three punks who run up to this gym. And by now, the murders are pretty prolific. There's a lot going on. And they're spray-painting the outside of this gym. And they're like, yeah, we, you know, we're punks. And then suddenly they, they get scattered because they see a car or something. So they all scatter, and for some reason, they lose one another. Where's Curtis? Dumb shit probably got caught. (laughs) We better go look for him. Not we, you. I'm going back to the car. So you have the killer suddenly there, and he kills Curtis first. In the silliest death I've ever seen, he pushes his hand against the guy's head, and you see this in shadow, and the guy, like, dies. I'm not exactly even sure how he died. I'm not sure if he, like, suffocated him, or if he crushed his skull or something, because when he takes his hand away, there's this giant, like, wound on the guy's neck. (laughs) And that's another thing. The gore in this movie is... Yeah, it's probably the weakest aspect of the entire movie. And with scenes like this, where a guy's getting killed by, I don't know, suffocation, you just gotta love it. I mean, it's just so cheesy. These characters have nothing to do with anything. In fact, they're pretty much slasher fodder. So, killer workout. Let's break it down. Is it worth your time? This is worth any slasher fan's time. Anybody. Now, I mean, you've got to be a diehard slasher fan. I mean, this is not a good movie. I mean, the movie had high aspirations. I mean, there are shootouts in this movie. You be guy, yay, motherfucker. There are action scenes in this movie. And there are hit-and-run scenes in this movie. And I'm serious. I mean, right in the middle of the movie, Detective Morgan starts chasing this other guy, and they have this shootout. And then other scenes in the movie, you have people doing karate. I mean, like every 80s cliche in the book in this movie. And the thing is, you got to wonder, I mean, is it a missed opportunity, Killer Workout? Because, I mean, if the movie was put in more capable hands, maybe it would have been better. I don't know if I would have wanted it better, though. Again, this movie is just so much fun. And this leads me to basically the last question. Killer Workout is basically a product. The director saw what successes other movies and other slasher movies were getting in the 1980s, and he decided to make a product, just like the makers of the Friday the 13th movies. So that begs the question, is it good or bad that this movie is essentially a product? And I don't think it really matters, because I enjoy every one of the Friday the 13th movies. And it's funny, because people say, oh, I like those old Friday the 13th movies because they had soul. Well, the real fact is is that none of them had soul. They were all products. And the same is true of Killer Workout. Let's say that the director really wanted to make a good movie and failed absolutely miserably. That's half the fun, is just laughing at the fact that he failed miserably. 
To close out this episode of Slasher Central, I did want to say it's really hard to get Killer Workout or Aerobicide on DVD. In fact, there is no official release of Killer Workout on DVD. But you can go to one of the sites that I found it at, which is iOffer.com. That's I-O-F-F-E-R dot com. And there you can get it from sellers that have burned the VHS copy onto a DVD, and many of them actually have supplied artwork for it and everything. So that is the best way that you can get Killer Workout, I would imagine. Anyways... Highly recommended. Pretty much the best slasher movie I've reviewed for this segment thus far. In fact, this movie embodies what slasher movies are all about. Cheesy, gory fun. Two thumbs up from Grey at the Dark Hours. Now, on with the show. about the 1967 Amicus movie They Came From Beyond Space. It's directed by Freddie Francis, who is probably best known for his other Amicus work like Tales from the Crypt, some of those kind of movies. It's also written by a guy who did a lot of those uh, movies, too. He did Vault of Horror, The House of Drip Blood, a lot of the good stuff from Amicus in the uh, 60s and 70s. Of course, he's also responsible for Sometimes They Come Back and Sometimes They Come Back Again but we won't hold that against it. The story is about a group of meteorites that land in a on a small farm, and although the book is it's based on is called The Gods Hate Kansas, the uh, story takes place in England. The, the meteorites land in a, in a small farm, but they're in a formation, which uh, makes the uh, local authorities call in uh, our main character a doctor who is an expert on extraterrestrial life. Now, the doctor is just recovering from a car accident. Uh, apparently, he's a sort of a daredevil kind of guy, and he has a, uh, a metal plate in his head. So he's uh, forbidden by his doctor to go to the site, so he sends his assistant. And everything seems to be going okay until they try to investigate the meteorites, and as soon as they try to crack them open... Uh, everyone involved is taking, taken over by an alien intelligence. Well, the doctor doesn't hear from his people. He goes to check things out, and he finds out what's going on, and it seems like more and more and more people in the town are being affected. Uh, they've set up a little compound. They're starting some kind of construction. So the rest of the movie is our doctor trying to find out what uh What's going on? Apparently, uh, we find out that he is immune to their mind control because of the plate in his head, and uh, he eventually does find out what what their mo- what the aliens' motives are. It's a pretty good story. I mean, it's kind of a invasion of the body snatchers kind of thing, although they never really try to keep it a secret who is being controlled and who's not. Um, and for someone who 
just got over a car accident. He's doing some, you know, some pretty good fighting. Is well, not pretty good, but pretty active fighting and some stuff like that. But I'm trying to cut this a little short because I got cut off, cut off the last time, and I don't want to have that happen again. So uh, I'd recommend it. I found it on the Mill Creek Sci-Fi Classics 50 pack. It's a pretty good movie, and I recommend you check it out. And uh, with me, I've got uh, Johnny. What's up, my man? What is up, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but but uh, but actually, you saying that made me made me want to ponder that for a minute. What? <laughs> Just because your your sexy voice. What is up? I thought you're. I think you're reflecting on the fact that you're my friend. <laughs> oh, like, oh, that yeah, that too. I can't right? believe I'm friends with that guy. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Won't even show his nipples. Yeah. Well, man, you know what? The demand is grown so much it's it's gonna happen eventually i'm thinking of a mesh shirt like a see-through mesh shirt uh as long as the nipples are cut out by the way nobody knows what we're talking about we've been uh we've been asking for some uh some nipple action on uh, kruger nation and uh it's not just coming from me man you know we'll we got a voicemail that uh there's some demand too so you know we'll, we'll just leave it at that but uh what <laughs> you been up to man hey you know what man i've just been working and I've been watching a lot of horror, but you know, I can't uh-huh. really, I can't really talk about a lot of it because it's a lot, a lot of it's for the upcoming episode. 
Oh, okay. Uh, you know what? I forgot to mention something last episode, and I want to definitely mention this episode. Uh, we got a donation from uh, Mr. Dobson from the UK. And I just want to say, really appreciate it, man. We will definitely use that for some hosting and stuff. Uh, I feel bad that I didn't uh, that I didn't mention it last time, man. That is freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, heck love yeah. hearing that. That's great. Thanks, and man. Uh, I, I, I mean, I uh, that just makes me so happy. I don't, I don't know why people would uh, donate to to the Cadaver Lab cause. We're just a couple of dumbasses. You serious, dude? I. Uh... <laughs> Back before I was on the show, I was always wanting to donate, but it turns out that I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> well, you, well, that come on. I could donate nipples. You know what? And in certain uh, in certain cultures, that is currency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could I could see that. Absolutely, uh, man. Do you have? Uh, I have been so busy. I mean, uh, I haven't even really been doing anything besides uh, just watching the movies for this. Any, anything notable? I mean, I haven't even bought any. Oh, I bought a couple new movies, but I haven't really watched them yet. Oh, you know what I did do? I did see Repo Man. Oh, did you like it? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it was. It was about what you expect. You know, it wasn't bad. I didn't hate its guts or anything like that. But oh my gosh, I can't remember what movies. Man, I'll tell you what I want to buy. What? Uh, this is a movie that comes out. It's not horror, but it comes out this Tuesday. It's called The Slammin' Salmon. <laughs> it's the it's the fifth movie from Broken Lizard, the company who did Super Troopers, Club Dread, Beer Fest, and Puddle Cruiser. Oh, you know, I've never even heard of Puddle Cruiser. Oh, it's actually the first one, and it's no good at all. Oh, uh, you know, the only one out of those I really, really liked was Super Troopers. The other two, the Beer Fest and the uh, the, the Camp Dread, were, or what was it? Uh, uh, Club, Club Dread. Dread. Yeah, that was. Yeah, those were just kind of mad to me. See, Cl- Club Dread was my favorite. Really? Yeah. You just you just liked the guy when he when the guy showed out as Mangina. <laughs> yeah, that I liked that, but I also liked uh, you know they were all out with the gore and the boobs in that one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's for sure. In fact. Uh, wasn't uh, the girl from Grace in that? I can't yeah, her name. Jordan Ladd. Oh yeah, she was. She, she got naked really in it too. Yeah, she definitely did. And she that's, had. That's, she was brunette. Remember? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what though? You know that blonde in there, the like the main one in that. Oh yeah. She, she is not ugly. Oh, Brittany Daniel. Yeah. You know who she is, right? Uh, she, no. She's the chick on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with the with the. They used to be a dude that Mac dates. Oh oh yeah 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 yeah. With I the didn't bulge. Know that. Yeah, I, she, I didn't know. That's okay. I mean, it that that part actually uh, made me wonder, you know, what would I do in that situation? Because she is that hot, dude. If I dated a girl that looked like Brittany Daniel, man, uh, I'd ha- I would have I'd have to do some serious thinking too. Except for it would, it would, he mean if you d- dated a dude that looked like Brittany Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she could have been a little more discreet with the bulge, but you know, what are you, what are you gonna do? <laughs> She's like adjusting it. Oh, that's bad. You know what though? That show freaking rocks. That you know my favorite two sitcoms of all time is is that one and Arrested Development. Oh, Arrested you know, Development is my number one. Oh, oh my gosh, I freaking love those. That that, that I've been actually my wife and I have been watching those again. They're streaming on on uh, Netflix, and it's like I swear to you when they're when, when, like it's funny because there'll be a show that I'll just watch the shit out of on Netflix, like like. I watched probably 20 episodes of, of uh, you know, just in the background or whatever. Come on, I'm not that big of a waste have that much time to watch 21 Jump Street. But then we watched the whole first season of uh, of Arrested Development, too. 
You know, oh. you know, and the funny thing is, I've already seen seasons two and three, but I'd never seen one before, and it was uh, freaking awesome. You know, when I guest hosted TV at my dinner, we talked about Arrested Development. Uh-huh. And you, that the thing I like about that show is, and the reason it's my favorite sitcom is because uh-huh. you can watch those episodes, the same episodes, 20 times, and you will you will catch different jokes every time. Oh, yeah. Because they layer the shit out of them. You know what's funny is there was a... Uh, my wife and I, we, we sat down and, and I let my wife go. I said, just go to the next episode. She went and she actually went to season two and we, she just chose, she chose what episode, like the numbered episode that she thought we was on and we, that we was on, that we were on in, uh, <laughs> in, uh, in season one. And we watched it and it, it just, it just kind of fit right in with what was going on and it was hilarious. And I'd seen it before. I'm like, I swear I'd seen this before. You know, awesome. but I was, I was rolling, man. Oh, God, I freaking love that show. Oh, it's it's so great, man! And you, you know the movie's being made now, right? Oh no! Uh-uh. Yeah, dude. Um, they just actually um, I don't know if it's in production right now, but I know that the the whole cast signed back on for it. No way! You know, you know who was the one person that was holding out and make holding up production on the movie? Uh, was it uh, Jesse Eisenberg? Except for his twin. Yeah, yeah, Michael exactly. Sarah. Michael Sarah. He actually, uh, it's um, apparently he's grown too big for his britches. Well, do you mean like physically, or do you mean just because he's been in a lot of movies? Well, I think he thinks he's too big for. You uh, know, I thought you meant maybe he went through a growth spurt and couldn't fit in the the costume department what they had for him. <laughs> no, he's pulling a uh, he's pulling a Kevin Bacon on us, man. No, I'm sure. Fucking you know, guy I, thinks he you know he doesn't respect his roots. You know, and the, and the thing is, is, I mean, that's so sad. I mean, because the, he's been playing that same character that he played in Arrested Development in every other damn movie I've ever seen him in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, so, he's I, the same character in everything. Give me a break, man. That kind of sucks. That kind of puts a damper on it. But, yeah. but uh, no, you know what the thing is? Is I, unfortunately, I think that every single character, I mean, even some of the smaller characters in that show are like they need to be there because they just work so well together. Dude, oh yeah, Job is my favorite man. <laughs> Illusion, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> we need the final <laughs> countdown. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be the intro song. Oh man, I freaking love. Yeah, that show's great. Man, well, it check... uh, has has nothing to do with aliens though. No, no. <laughs> Which is what we're talking about tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> Did you see the uh, third trailer for Elm Street? Uh, you know I didn't. Oh man, it's pretty identical to the second trailer, except for they add a few more little scenes. But man, it looks really good, dude. Really? Yeah. You know the the thing is, is I I don't know. I just, I'm trying to stay away from everything because it comes out at the end of this month, right? It comes out what on the thirtieth or something. Yep. And I just I want to go in and seeing, you know, I I don't know. I've already I've already planned on going where you know. I've told my wife that we're going that day, and she is has she to going with me. Yeah, oh yeah, she. Well, I'm making it my turn. To, she, I mean, she's been screwing me with movies lately. I think <laughs> I think she, we talked about that last time, and I've been really sick, so I we haven't seen any new movies in the theater since last episode. So I'm sure I talked about them then. Oh yeah, and in uh, new the whole new moon thing. 
Well, it's kind of la- it's kind of a lateral move for you, dude, because uh, it's got a guy from Twilight in it. It does. The first guy that gets killed in the movie is the guy from Twilight. Well, maybe that's a uh, maybe that's kind of a, the middle finger to Twilight. The first dude in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. So I'm gonna make her go see that with me. And uh, but no, I haven't. I haven't even been. Tr- I've been trying to just kind of keep my mind empty, as 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 uh, as far as you know the previews to that and in reading every little snippet of data or of uh, yeah. Just I mean, it's so funny because like on Twitter, I'll be following a bunch of people, and it's like there is so much stuff that you could read about that movie right now. Oh, dude. Just, you know, I just kind of want to go in, kind of you know, with the open mind. Dude, I, I am. Freddy Krueger's bitch, man. Like, everything that comes out, I'm, like, all over. They just actually released today the rating on the film. Oh, R? Rated R. Well, and, Good. and Brad Fuller, Michael Bay, and yeah. all these guys said in the beginning that it was going to be rated R, but, you know, these fans get all been out of shape, and they see someone from uh, Twilight in it, and all of a sudden they think it's going to be PG-13. Well, not going to well, happen. Who's, who's even in it from Twilight? Uh, Kellen Lutz, he plays uh, like a werewolf in it. I don't know. I haven't uh, seen the movies, dude. He's not the main guy, is he? He's short, muscly, blonde dude. I I don't know. Are you serious? You just described him like that to me? Well, in in the Nightmare on Elm Street. might as well just said he's a short, muscly, dreamy, blonde dude. He's the guy you like. (laughs) (laughs) No. But, uh. No, no, I I can't think of him. But it's it's not uh, Shark Boy, though. I couldn't tell you, dude. The main guy, the main werewolf. Um, no, I don't think so. No, no, it's not him. Okay. It's that, okay. No, I uh, picked up Never Sleep Again, the Elm Street Legacy. You I, picked it up? Well, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I pre-ordered it. That's if I picked oh. it up, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Hey, hey, Nick. I love talking to you, but that's eight hours of nothing but Freddy. Eight hours? It's two-hour documentary and then six hours of supplementals. When does it come out? It comes out May 4th, and if you order it through their website, the first, like, 500 orders get um, an autographed poster by Heather Langenkamp, uh-huh. and you go into a drawing to win a poster autographed by the entire, everybody they interviewed. Well, since I already hit that, it's not that big a deal to me. No, I don't, I think it's 5,000. It's something big. It's. I mean... I'm just teasing. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, they just did it today. <laughs> like, it just got, it just went on pre-order, I think, about 1 o'clock today. Dude, I bet you've had a boner ever since. Oh, man, it hasn't gone down. I think I should call the doctor. Yeah, four hours? That's right. Yeah, it's been longer than four hours. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, great, thanks. It's 9.30. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, dude, but no, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And, I, I, you know, I'm kind of lucky because I I don't really have a lot of people, like, that will discuss this with me, you know, at work or anything like that. So it's not like I'm being bombarded, but. Yeah, I just can't wait to see that one. Uh, do you have, you didn't happen to see uh, Clash of the Titans, did you? I did see that. Is it any good? I, you know what? I've heard nothing but bad things about it. I really uh-huh. liked it. Oh, did you? Yeah, there was only you know the CG was really good in it, and uh-huh. I hate and I hate CG. But right. there was only one spot where I didn't like it, and it was all of the Medusa stuff. Oh, really? But besides that, the whole movie oh, it was good, dude. I mean, oh, I haven't seen it, so that's good. If you've seen the original. And you yeah. know, and you know what that was all about. Uh-huh. You would have no problem with the remake. You know, I don't really like that main guy though. Oh, Sam Worthington? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, in the original? Uh, no, 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 no. The the guy who plays Perseus in the remake. No, it's it's Sam Worthington. 
Are you serious? I thought it was the guy from, is that is that the guy's name from uh, Avatar? Yeah, he's from Terminator 4, and he's from, uh, um, what the hell? Uh, I don't like Rogue. him, man. Oh, he's a good actor, dude. Well, I saw, uh, the only thing I've seen him in, well, I guess I saw Terminator 4, but I was kind of falling asleep. But uh, uh, I freaking hated him in, in Avatar, and that's really the only thing I've seen him in. I, I noticed that he was in it, and I'm just, ugh. But he, so he doesn't ruin it, huh? No, no, he's an Australian actor, and I've seen him in a few Aussie movies, and he's really good, man. Like, I think... You know what he reminds me of? He kind of seems like a dude who would be in one of those, like, uh, street movies where guy has to go and prove himself on the street by beating up other pussies in underground boxing matches or some crap, you know? Just no. like, stu- I mean, is that... <laughs> that's the guy. I'm, that's the entire cast him. of G.I. Joe. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's what, that's kind of where I kind of put him, because it's like, he just seems like he's just some dick. Well, no, he's really cool, man. Like, <laughs> I really like that dude. I, I haven't so seen Avatar, not- and I hated Terminator 4. Yeah. But the few Australian movies I've seen him in, he was really good. Oh, cool. Well, I guess that's okay. I mean, I'll, I'll for sure see it eventually, I'm sure, but... The 3D but, is nothing. You don't have to see it in theaters, because the 3D... I mean, it was cool, but it's it doesn't add to it at all. Really? Yeah. yeah I mean, well, that's a good idea. Plus, you know, honestly, we I, I went and saw... Um, I took my whole family to go see... Uh, what's that called? The, uh, the dragon training one? Or riding oh, one? Yeah, how to train your dragon. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, we went, we went to a freaking... Uh, uh, matinee and it costs us 50 bucks that's ridiculous oh man i mean there's five people in my family that we that went so it was like 10 bucks a piece you know but oh my gosh was it a good movie um yeah i actually really liked it i mean not to get all girly on anybody but it was actually really cool i love those kind of movies i heard it was good yeah it's it's actually one of the best ones that i've that i've seen all the time i can't remember if it was a disney one or if it was one of those other companies but it was it was a really freaking cool movie and the 3D was it was really cool in it. Yeah, well, so, it had a, I know it had a, what's his name in it, dude? It's a Gerard Butler. Yeah, it does, and uh, it has uh, the the tubby, curly-haired guy from uh, uh, Superbad. <laughs> Jonah Hill. How come you know everybody's freaking name, like, Cause, in the world? Because I'm like fucking Rain Man, dude. I don't know anybody's name. I do, I... My dad, seriously, my dad used to call me Rain Man, because he would just say someone, and I would just name off their name. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is I'm never going to have to worry about a name again. I'm just going to say that one dude, and if then I'll just have you do it. Well, if I'm not <laughs> if I'm not at Kmart or watching Wapner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never even seen that movie, but I think I get it. Are you serious? Yeah. You haven't seen I, Rain Man. Why would I watch Rain Man? Because it's Rain Man, dude. You can see Dustin Hoffman and, uh, well, Tom Cruise is... The same character he is in everything. As much as I love Tom Cruise, and and we all know that, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't know. I'm not saying it'd be a bad movie. I would just, I don't, God, get off my case. Now you're gonna now you're gonna hop on the bandwagon. Oh my gosh, you're not you don't watch westerns and and you don't watch all this other stupid crap that is just quintessential for every film fan. Newsflash: I am not a film fan. I am a horror movie fan. I think Rain Man. Shove it up your ass. I think that falls. All right, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I got, I got all hostile. I, I, man, I apologize. I think that falls into the horror category. Uh, I think what, any movie sh- with Tom Cruise falls into horror. <laughs> you know, what? I hate to admit it, but I do like to see Tom Cruise in the movie, and that's in all seriousness. I mean, I realize that he's a freak, but like he makes some pretty badass shows. You know, really. I I do I mean I don't like like him as a person but in the movie I think it's cool. Think well, that's cool. what I mean though. Like I ha- I can't think of a movie I've liked him in. Really? Like name a movie he's in. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut. 
I actually didn't see that. I Mi- did fast forward to some booby parts, though. <laughs> Mission Impossible. I liked I liked him in Mission Impossible. I didn't like love those movies, but he was okay. He was good. Interview with a crap fire. Uh, I actually like that movie, man. <laughs> I hate Anne Rice. I think she's the reason we're dealing with all this Twilight shit right now. Gianna, yeah, you know what the thing is, is I don't, I don't, I mean, are you dealing with Twilight shit right now, really? I mean, are you dealing with it? People say that all the time. They're like, it doesn't affect you, but when I, okay, when I go to bloodydisgusting.com or Fangoria, and the first uh-huh. thing on their page is Twilight, yeah, I'm dealing well, dude, with it. Well, okay, so, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've seen both the Twilight movies, and... Th- I mean, I'm I'm kind of with those people. It's like, yeah, well, and I don't really go to Bloody Disgusting or wherever else a lot, you know. But I, I don't know. I I I do. I don't. I don't blame what's her name, uh, the the lady who wrote that for writing. Stephanie Meyer. Ste- I don't. I don't blame. <laughs> thanks, Rain Man. <laughs> I don't blame Stephanie Meyer for writing those. I mean, it's been very lucrative for her. It's made a lot of money for the for the movie business. You can't I blame think- anybody on a rascal scooter. <laughs> easy but listen i here's the thing i think that if we have anybody to blame for being in our face i think it's the horror community those sites because no offense but this shit is not horror well that's what i'm saying and i, and is I would so, have no problem with so it why they... you shouldn't be mad at twilight you should be mad at i mean i don't like get all pissed off every time i, uh, I hear a tale of sense and sensibility or something like that <laughs> you know but i think it's i think it's the the fangoria because they had one of those dudes on the cover i think it's you know bloody disgusting or wherever you're seeing this stuff i think those who consider it horror and feel like they need to market it that way they're the ones we should be mad at that is exactly right and i completely agree with you but uh at the same time you know yeah exactly they have a forum for those places they have tiger beat and nickelodeon no, and absolutely mtv and when they start trickling into um you know shock till you drop in these horror sites and and then when you're on the horror site and you're trying to click on a link, then all of a sudden in the corner you the link's not going because you're seeing the flash ad of you know new moon. Pick it up yes. this Tuesday, <laughs> dude. We maybe maybe what we should do is start a campaign, uh, telling these quote un, uh, or these sites that that claim to be horror sites that listen. We don't hate. I mean, uh, we hate Twilight, but but we don't like loathe it. We loathe the fact that you're giving it this much coverage. Well, that's what I try to tell people. Like, I have nothing against people who like Twilight. It's 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 not the fans as much as it's the fact that people are comparing it to stuff in our genre. No, and the thing is, you know what I. I'm not saying that uh, I, I don't like the people who watch Twilight, but I think there's something inherently wrong with them uh, <laughs> psychologically and mentally, and that's why they. I think it just caters to the uh, the, the unbalanced, I guess. I guess. So. Well, Sam just <laughs> yeah. stopped listening to the show. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. Uh, he uh, He's going to write me a formal complaint letter now. <laughs> Twilight is one of the greatest horror franchises. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> Man. No, I don't know. You know, whatever. That's awesome. But uh, but then again, like I said, I don't go to all those sites all the time just because. I mean, not that I'm like too good to do it. But I just don't want to. I, I I don't know. I get I get kind of tired of the tedium. You know, of every little horror detail. It kind of gets to me. You know. What gets like, to me is the people that are like, you know, cutthroat with each other on the forums. You know, and uh, that's a thing. I mean, you you go onto those like message boards and whatever. And it's like everybody on there is a freaking dick. Yeah, and then the and people it, who makes, aren't get attacked. Yeah, and it's like, you know, why? I mean, if this is the type of person that's going to be on there, there's no freaking way I'm going to sign up, and there's no freaking way I'm going to, you know. I mean, that actually turns me off to the thing. What? What? 
I was looking at something. I think it was even on like Dread Central or something like that. And and this one guy like had a, a dissenting opinion or something. I mean, those guys just tore him up. That's why everybody should go sign up for Cadaver Lab. The Cadaver Lab forums. I got. I've been getting on them. I saw that. It's weird. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> no, like I said, I've been sick, man. I've been sick. I know. Hey, you know what? I'm glad you're feeling better, dude. I am. I'm feeling much better. Thanks for asking. Thanks for being so concerned. Hey. Okay. <laughs> hey. You know, here I am on death's door, and okay, never mind. I'm being an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Sweet, dude. Well, uh, we got a few voicemails. You want to listen to those? Hell yeah. Let's do it. Hey, Cadaver Lab. This is Ryan from Omaha, Nebraska. Just giving you guys a call. My first time calling. Uh, long-time listener. Uh, Mike, I fucking loved it. Loved the show when you and Sam were doing it. And I never felt the urge to call in. But episode 53, Mind Fuzz episode I just finished listening to. And I have to say something about the movie Session 9. Um, that movie came out quite a while ago, and I just now recently had seen it. Uh, the reason I waited so long to watch it was because I fucking hate David Caruso. That dude is such a fucking douchebag, it's not even funny. So I waited to watch it, waited and waited, and everybody kept telling me how good it was and how good it was. I'm like, fuck it, why not? I'll watch it. And I have to say, the movie's fucking amazing. I love the shit. Um, totally fuck my mind. I mean, I I don't even know what to say, man. It's a great fucking movie. Um, but anyways, you know, hey guys, keep up the good work. Uh, Johnny, you're doing a great job, man. Uh, fucking love Cruder Nation, all that shit. So, you guys keep up the good work. You're doing a great job. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got, man. Uh, so, fucking keep doing what you're doing, guys. Later. You know, you he thinks he loves Cruder Nation now. All right. Just wait until you show some nip. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to get the most viewers. I'm going to beat, like, Fred and Philip DeFranco and all those guys. <laughs> Dude. Uh, no, you know, the thing is, is actually ever since we, uh, well, ever since we did that show two weeks ago, yeah. um, I've actually heard a lot of people who don't like that movie. Me too. And it's like, wow, really? Because I, I, I believe we gave we both gave it a bone saw. Is that right? Yeah. Rain Man? <laughs> yeah, we both did. <laughs> David Caruso. Uh, you know, do, I, like, why do people hate that guy? David Caruso. Because like, well, while we were listening, I heard you say you hated him, too. Well, the thing about David Caruso is, I don't know, man. First of all, the red hair is always off-putting. Immediately. Oh, yeah, he can't help that crap. I mean, I'm just, man. no, that's not the reason. No, the you, thing, know what? you know what? I got to tell you something, man. What's that? Oh, I hope you, you know, are you a redhead? No, I hope you don't get all racist, but uh, racist. my hair is brown, but my beard comes out with red tints. You fucking Irish bastard. No. <laughs> no um, <laughs> well, it's it's true. No. <laughs> no, I know the thing with him is for some reason he always comes off like as kind of a sinister, off-putting character. I don't know. Everything he kind of acts like a douche in everything I've it, ever seen him. Exactly, in. dude. Everything like <laughs> from Jade up until all the all the stuff he does now. So What other horror movies has he been in because I mean, I I don't think There's he's done horror. Really? Because there or what other movies have I seen him in? I don't know, but but uh, I only real the only other thing I've ever seen him in is NYPD Blue, and he he CSI played, or that? No, 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 NYPD Blue. Yeah, and and the thing is, is it's like he play if if the guy from NYPD Blue 
was an asbestos re- work remover or uh, asbestos remover, it, it would be the same guy. You know, that, that's how he would be. Yeah, he's he's the same character in everything. But you know, and I mean, a lot of actors are like that. I don't really, I don't really like. I mean, I don't know. I don't really love him or anything like that. But, but I mean, I don't. I, a lot of people hate that guy, man. I guess I don't hate him. I just don't like seeing him and stuff. It's you well, know. Well, it's not like we think you hate him personally, and you're gonna go like strangle his children or something. Well, I mean, I mean, if anybody asks, I I haven't been sending him those letters. <laughs> That's just for the record. Now, but you know what? Somebody needs to stand up for the redheads, you know, because there's really just not enough famous, hot-looking redheads now. Ladies, that's a whole different thing. Well, are you looking for hot men, redheads? From time to time, I believe it's appropriate. <laughs> oh, nice. Hey, uh, man, for, for Ferguson. That's awesome. Okay, okay. I appreciate everything you said, man. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, kick ass. Glad you finally called. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. Hey, guys. This is Eric Ted Undyne, first time I've called. Um, really enjoying the show, really enjoying the new format, a lot of the added segments. I wanted to give you guys a quick review of uh, Das Deutsche Kettensägen Massacre, the German Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, so I picked this one up because I'm working on a project for it and uh, watched some of the interviews, kind of got a little bit of info on it. And uh, this is directed by Christoph Schlingensief, who is kind of known as an, an artsy director. He does a lot of uh, legitimate theater, as they say, a lot of stage work, um, and has done a, a fair amount of movies, um, but primarily in the vein of political movies. Uh, he wrote this in two weeks after the reunification of Germany, and uh, he wrote it after seeing the first two Texas Chainsaw Massacres in a, in a theater there. And it really shows. This is really the air of that sort of um, that sort of idea, that sort of aesthetic. However, as I said, it was made after reunification. That's really what this movie is about. I tried to watch it in kind of two ways. I tried to watch it as, in the first place, a, uh, a horror movie, and in the second place, a political movie. As a horror movie, it really sort of falls flat. Uh, a lot of the gore is incredibly underdone, which I think was intentional, but it doesn't leave you with any sort of real enjoyment from the from the gore or from the kills. Uh, primarily, this movie simply works on the level of fears of German reunification. Um, and, you know, that's really all I can say about it. I'm going to have a lot of stuff to say about it as a political movie, but unless you're really interested in that, unless you're interested in German culture, German history, or political history, uh, I would say skip this one. If you are interested in it, then it's absolutely a great movie. And uh, I would love to talk more about it on the forums if anyone is at all interested in that aspect. As I said, as a horror movie, it's not something you really want to see. Uh, A lot of the the kills are done in what we might call a very fake sort of way. Uh, Masks are put on the people before they're killed. Um, and that's very obviously a fake thing. There's a point where one of the women is killed with a chainsaw, and out of her comes a lot of sausages, which makes a good point, but certainly not the type of kill that you would want to see in in horror movie for a horror movie's sake. Um, the writing is art house. I mean, this entire movie just screams art house, you know, the sort of thing that you expect from... Uh, 
interestingly enough, uh, Lynch that um, was talked about in the most recent Cadaver Lab with Eraserhead. That's the sort of thing that you get where everything that's said, every point that's made, every movement is has some sort of agenda. It's getting at a sort of a, a sort of agenda and aesthetic. Um, so I guess that's all that I have to say about it. Uh, like I said, really enjoying it. Um, Mike and Jay Krug, really digging it. So um, thanks a lot. Can't wait to hear the next one. Uh, yeah, Eric. The the I mean, I, I know you bagged on uh, the the lady and the sausages, but didn't you know that all German women are made of sausages? Dude, that's I mean, that's just a fact. You know, the, the, where do you where do you get a movie like that? I mean, um. I mean, I wonder where, I mean, it's a horror movie. I'm always watching, uh, you know, not always watching, but I mean, I, I watch a, a lot of foreign movies. and things. I've never even heard of that, and apparently it's it's pretty old. Yeah, I haven't heard of that either, but I definitely will talk about, I will talk about it on the forums with him, because I'm, I'm interested in that stuff. Well, you know, the thing is, too, is, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times people, including myself, will complain about uh, political messages in horror movies. I think that, um, which is kind of funny, because I like movies that have uh, a political, uh, you know, overtone to it. I just don't, a lot of times, I just don't like it when, first of all, it's just freaking way out there. Like, your best friend Dante's uh, Homecoming Masters of Horror, that guy can suck my butthole for that one. But uh, <laughs> can you actually suck something that go, goes in? Never mind. Hey, I've anyway, heard that. That's, that's really weird. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, uh, you know, but so I don't mind political movies, and, and some of them piss me off, of course, because uh, you know they're totally abs- and absolutely wrong, and they demonize the wrong people. You know, but of course, if I'm sure if that same movie was flipped over and, and agreed with my politics, I would think it was wonderful. <laughs> well, but, you know, but but my point is, is that I think that if I can go into a movie and watch it, knowing it's that, then it, it, I don't think it'll bother me as much. Well, and and it's also a good thing if the movie stands alone, you know, honestly, without, you know, if you can watch the movie and be entertained without looking at it through a political aspect, uh-huh. you know, or through a political eye, I think it's, you know, like Romero's movies, you can watch all those movies, well, except for the for the last couple, apparently, and <laughs> really enjoy the movie and not, even, you know, even if you understand the political, you know, subtext, you really don't have to like it or, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where... But, you know, in this, with Romero's though, I think it's a little bit different. Whereas I think it's, um, I think it's, I mean, it is, it is political, but I think it's more of a social type of message where it's like, uh, um, you know, consumerism or you know, or oh, yeah. uh, you know, stuff like that. And it's not necessarily like, oh, this liberal or this conservative is evil. You know, I, you know, I think those two are, are two different things. Uh, in fact, um, you know, I think that if, uh, I mean, it's okay. It, it, I think it's okay to put a mirror in a movie. And I think a lot of movies do this. And a lot of times we may not even realize it. Uh, or it, I don't know if it, it's intended sometimes. But, I mean, if it, it, you watch a movie and the director's trying to kind of uh, put a mirror in front of us so we can kind of, uh, you know, maybe think about it on, you know, interest, uh, you know on, a, on a different kind of level, you know. But that that doesn't bother me as much as just the outright, um, you know, political nonsense, you know. So I don't really find George Romero's to be overly – Political, I think that has a lot to say about uh, like the social structure 
of uh, the time and in uh, environment of uh, you know when he made the flicks. Yeah, I could agree yeah. with that. A little bit different. Nothing like Dante. I know Dante did your favorite burbs. Hey, you know what though? Uh, take a look at Dante's resume, and huh? honestly, he's only made a couple bad things. So well, and he's well. The thing is, is he does he did uh, Gremlins, which I loved, and you know I haven't seen Burbs in so long that I, I can't remember. But that was back when uh, Tom Hanks was funny, <laughs> you know. And then uh, the Howling. Yeah. Oh no, exactly. And I and I love the Howling. And I just uh, the the only really bad thing I can really think of was that Masters of Horror episode. And, but see, and I I don't really you know I don't hold that against him because there were a lot of really shitty episodes of that show. Yeah, but there's shit, and then there's like, like, shit to rile you up. There's like, there's, there's <laughs> basically know? there's shit, and then there's two girls, one cup. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of sucking buttholes and two <laughs> girls in one cup, uh, I was, uh, I was chatting online with uh, uh, Derek from uh, Dead Derek's Reviews, and uh, he, there, he, uh, I can't, he sent me this link to the Human Caterpillar, a trailer. Oh yeah, that looks like crap. Oh my gosh, dude! It, it. I don't. I don't even know what to make of it. It's like. I mean, I don't know. I can't remember. It was called the first cut or something like that. Uh, it was I guess the name of the trailer or something like that. It freaking looks bizarre. Well, I heard. I, I had heard. And that's a Ger- I think that's a German. Uh, I think. It, well, I think the setting is Germany as well. And that. I'm not sure, but like a year ago, they they showed some scenes from that at a, I think maybe at the Comic Con in uh, San Diego. Oh, huh. And people were going crazy about it. So they just released some news saying it was getting like a wide release. And I what, saw. What, what do you mean going crazy? Like looking forward to? Yeah, it? Yeah, like people thought it was like the next big thing. Ew. And and when I saw the trailer or the scenes and like the trailer, I thought it looked like a, a freaking pile. Dude, it's a mix between uh, uh, Hostel and Two Girls in One Cup. <laughs> oh, what an appropriate name, the Caterpillar. Uh, oh, the human Caterpillar. Right. Uh, we got one more. Hold on. Hey, Mike. Hey, Johnny. It's John from the UK of the Burt Backrack Fight Club. Just like to say hello, and I've now burst my fucking cadaver lab cherry. Um, just like to give a big shout out to everybody who listens to the show, like Spookyville, Misfit Boy, Vaughn. Stephen, the foot guy, JFMP, and Corey, miss your show, man, but hopefully you'll be back one day. So I'd uh, just like to say hello and just keep up the good show, man. And uh, by the way, Johnny, when are your booths coming out on YouTube? England is stoked for it, man. Sort it out. See you later. Bye. You know what? <laughs> once I, you know, once the request for boobs goes international, that's Dude. when I start taking this shit seriously. Dude, you got to realize something. There's going to be a backlash, the likes of which you will not be able to handle. There'll be riots in freaking <laughs> Singapore and freaking people picketing in, you know, Osaka. <laughs> but that guy's a badass, man. Oh, he's awesome, dude. I love the Burt Bacharach Fight Club, and he's he's really cool to talk to. And apparently you and him have some kind of uh, union going. Uh, no, no, no. It's not a union. It is a super secret brotherhood, the Baldies. <laughs> You know, I don't think you realize, Johnny. You have your full head of hair, walking around like 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 the winds blowing through it, and you can feel the luxurious, you know, coiffed hair. You know what? That that's that everybody can't enjoy that like you can. I hate the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the wind doesn't bother me. I'm so like aerodynamic these days. Exactly, dude. It just speeds you up. <laughs> oh heck yeah, man. Uh, 
uh, what did he say? What what did Johnny say? It was something funny. Oh, I I think it's uh, I think that when he said the Burt Backrack Fight Club, it uh, sounds a lot cooler than when I say the Burt Backrack Fight Club. Yeah, or the BBFC. <laughs> the BB <laughs> F you in your A C. <laughs> oh, I thought it was funny though that he called Stephen the fuck guy. That they... no 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 the fook. Oh, the fook guy. So it's different. I don't even mind saying it. <laughs> I thought we should have called it the mind fook. <laughs> well, that'll that wouldn't be... have bothered me at all. We could do the mind fook too. <laughs> Maybe. Well, that's our no, no, it'll be the first one though. It'll be completely different. Yeah, these are movies that they don't completely mess with you so much. They just fook around with you a little. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Uh, cool. You want to take a little break? Yeah, man. Let's do it. You live here? Yeah. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? It's gonna be alright. How times escaped me since 1975. And I've followed you around for such a very long time. I'm gonna snatch you off the street then. I'm gonna take your life. And there's no hope for me. I've become a creature unworthy of pity And I'll toss you in the ground across the Mason County line And I'll keep it to myself, babe Let's hope the blood We're back with Critters from 1986. Of all the planets in the galaxy, they choose. 
chose ours. They hide in small places. This phone is dead. What? They light the dark. Jay, any luck? Just a minute. There's nothing cute about them. They've come a long way, and they're hungry. Now, before we get started, let me, let me, um, this is, I, I feel, I feel like it's kind of a quintessential 80s series, you know, I mean, I, I can't remember exactly how many came out, and sometimes I get mixed up between this and Ghoulies. Oh. I'll be, I'll, I'll just be straight up with you there. Um, and if you call me Paula Abdul, I will punch you. <laughs> However, I've never seen the original before. I swear to you, I, I always assumed I had, you know, because after a while they just kind of all, you know, run into each other and whatever. But now I I was really stoked that we picked this so I could actually realize that uh, I hadn't seen it and get a chance to see it. Oh yeah, this is I love this movie, dude. Uh, there are four four critters and were there. Okay. Oh yeah, yes. And um, <laughs> I liked them all, man. They're all really good. Hmm. I mean, well, they're not great, but if I, if I, I was gonna say if I remember right, I think one and two were uh were really good and the three and four were were uh you know they're still good but they weren't they you know they didn't they didn't keep the quality up i liked part four of the one in space oh man it's been so long yeah it's i that's a pretty good one which one was the super critter one the super uh, two part two oh i love that one oh yeah dude (laughs) anyway all right um the imdb for this movie is a 5.8 is directed by stephen herrick and written by stephen herrick and dominic muir is starring D. Wallace as Helen Brown, M. Emmett Walsh. Who looked pretty hot. hot. Oh, man, D. Wallace was smoking in this, D. dude. Yeah. And did you notice her husband was like 90? Yes. What I was did. up with that? Listen, there was a huge age difference in there. Yeah, there's no way that freaking <laughs> geriatric could satisfy her. Well, who's <laughs> to say that he was? Yeah, exactly. And who's to say that, uh, that I wasn't there doing the job for him? <laughs> That's where the critters yeah. came from. And who's to say, oh, dang, who's to say well, I wasn't 10? Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it also starred Billy Greenbush as Jay Brown, which... That is, is, he, is he that redheaded kid? He's the, the, yeah, the child. Dude, we had two redheads. Exactly. Uh, Represent. <laughs> and Scott Grimes as Brad Brown. Nadine Vanderveld, or Velde, as April Brown, which she was pretty cute, too, the daughter. Yeah, I liked her. Um, and Italian looking. Oh yeah, yeah, and Billy Zane, man, it is very rare you see the Phantom without, you know, with hair. Yeah, he had he had so much hair that uh, he had a little bit extra that was in the rat tail. He did. He he was <laughs> rocking the rat tail. <laughs> yep. And uh, one of my favorites, Lynn Shay as Sally. I love Lynn Shay. Absolutely. She is a horror staple. She's a you know fans just love her. Do you know when I really started liking her? I mean, I always liked her, but you know when I really started like thinking she was bad to the bone? When you saw her boobs and something about Mary? 
<laughs> that too. That was Magda. No, but it was, uh, you're going to have to remind me of the movie's name, Rayman, because I can't remember it. But it was a one, it was the one with, uh, where Woody Harrelson was a professional bowler and Bill Murray was in it. Kingpin. Kingpin, dude. She was freaking hilarious in Kingpin. You know, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I've never seen that movie. Well, you know, how do you, you know, like, the, you remember the name of crap you've never even seen before? The thing is, um, I'm like a rain man where I just kind of file stuff away for a rainy day. <laughs> it's, I don't know if it's healthy, but, you know, <laughs> it works. You're going you're gonna to run out of uh, disc space there, man. I am. <laughs> like your childhood memories are going to fall out. You're going to forget all that. <laughs> um, well, the plot for this movie. A massive ball of fury creatures from another world eat their way through a small Midwestern town, followed by intergalactic bounty hunters, opposed only by militant townspeople. And the only reason I chose that plot synopsis is because it started with a massive ball. <laughs> and I immediately thought, well, there's three of these plot synopsises and our synopsi. I should choose the one with massive ball in it. Uh, you know what? I am right there with you. <laughs> I am I'm with you on the massive ball. Yeah, you know, it works. Um this movie basically it's it's a really simple story. Uh a fa- it, it's focusing on the Brown family who um it reminded me a lot of my childhood with the uh, older sister and you know the kind of, you know, getting each other in trouble kind of thing. Were you farmers? No, my parents weren't farmers and my dad wasn't 110. <laughs> <laughs> and if my mom looked like D Wallace Stone, I would be in therapy right now. Oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Um, but no, um, and basically, you know, you, I, 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 the daughter is dating some new guy. The son, It's hard to really focus on any of the stories because none of them were really in depth. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, if you were to give like a high level, it'd be uh, some uh, aliens from a penal colony escaped and two bounty hunters went after him they landed on earth and they just kind of fought each other i th- i think the the bounty hunters were much cooler than the actual family i thought it was really neat how they were after these critters and our crites and yep. as they were going to earth they took on the form of humans and the main bounty hunter took on what was it johnny he took on the form of a singer johnny something or other i can't remember but he, like johnny shadow or something like that yeah but he was he was the quintessential '80s rocker, man. Oh yeah, and you know what's funny is that actor actually sang that song. That um, I can't remember the name oh, of the song either. Dude, what what's going on, Rain Man? <laughs> Shit's already starting to fall out. <laughs> Pieces of the night, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> that was ter- that was a terrible song, by the way. Oh yeah, but then they had <laughs> the other guy, his like uh, his you know right hand man who couldn't decide on an image, so he kept changing yeah. the whole movie. Well, you know, I actually thought that was pretty cool because they came down and, and they were like these glowy green guys. You know, I actually thought that was a pretty cool effect. I mean, I'm not, I'm, uh, I mean, obviously it wasn't CG or anything like that. And it, it uh, you know, usually if you, a lot of, uh, I mean, let's get real, a lot of aliens in the 80s were kind of, you know, kind of hokey. Yeah. But uh, no, I thought they were pretty cool. And it was actually really cool. And uh, you, you remember the old Hammer Dracula yeah. movies where, uh, um, like Dracula would get reborn and all of a sudden his face would like, like do the opposite of melt back into place. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what they did to become, uh, like Johnny shadow or whatever. And it was really cool looking. I thought. Yeah. And actually there were, this was PG 13 
and there oh, were really yeah, and there were a lot what's, of what's up with us? What didn't we ju- didn't we do another PG thirteen movie a little while back? Yeah, dude, we just did Spiral. That's right. What are we doing? I don't know. You're all, but you know why it was because some dude from Twilight was in it. Exactly. <laughs> well, the thing is about this is um, some of the effects on it were actually. I thought, you know, they were pretty graphic, and they weren't, like, gory, but they were pretty graphic for a PG-13 movie. Yeah. Um, especially that, that transformation scene, and there were a couple other ones later. You know, and uh, the, the the one thing, and I know how we're talking about how great these uh, special effects were and whatever. I There's something about the 80s and about, like, monsters in the 80s where you can just kind of tell that they're just like Muppets. Kind of. Yeah. You know? And the critters, or the Krites, were these Muppets. But you know what? I freaking, I I love 80s movies like that. Oh, yeah. And I'm not, and I don't know if uh, if um, that makes me, I, I mean, I, I think it does, makes me like 80s movies probably more than I should, you know, and give them more credit than I think they should get. But, I mean, what are you going to do? I, I freaking love it. I, I think that's better than, um, you know, uh, shoddy CG any day of the week. Shoddy, you know, Muppet, whatever. I oh, think that's way better than shoddy CG. I was just about to say that. Because even the little, like, uh, digital effects they had in the 80s, I, I find them to be a lot, I don't know. More... Well, they, yeah, they weren't, like, I, I mean, I don't know how they did those, but it's, it's uh, yeah, there was some kind of, you remember, uh, remember in, like, Hellraiser when part two? they had all those, uh, well, yeah, yeah, whatever. Or even in part one, was it part one where he had, like, the, uh, all the lightning going through his face and stuff like that? And yeah. kind of looked. It kind of looked like uh, maybe somebody was like had a cartoon going. Yeah, I love that stuff though. Yeah, me too. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. And there was some of that in this. Yeah, and that stuff doesn't bother me. I mean, like you said, I mean it probably should, but because we've come so far and it still looks really bad. <laughs> what well, these movies at least are nostalgic. The new ones are just shitty. Right. Well, and you got to realize too. Um, let, I mean, and, and this is, I haven't really put any thought into this. It's just an idea that popped in my head. So if I'm totally wrong, bust me on it. Um, you know, I mean, critters, I mean, I'm not sure what the budget was, but I'm sure that it wasn't a huge ass blockbuster budget, you know? No. It, and uh, I'm sorry. Well, I was gonna say it's new line cinema. And, and during that time period, no, they weren't putting exactly. a lot of money into movies. And the thing is, is it's like, okay, so let's, uh, you know, let's fast forward to now where, um, you know, you get an equally, you know, take, take into consideration inflation and whatever. And, uh, you know, kind of if you take a movie on the same, you know, in the same uh, budget level, those, I would take an 80s low budget movie over one now that's that low budget, but tries to, to put a bunch of CGI in it. And, and, and listen, I'm not bagging on low-budget movies because I freaking love low-budget movies. But, I mean, let's be honest sometimes. Um, they're, the, the CGI is, is just a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. The budget they spent on this would get you a brain-damaged movie nowadays. Well, right. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> freaking I hate brain damage. <laughs> I know. The ankle biters, man. That's awesome. You know what's funny is I say I hate brain damage so bad. But that's like the only movie I can remember <laughs> from them is Ankle Biters. There were different ones. There was like zombies versus vampires or something, and it was like a bunch of like ugly people fighting in daylight, and I didn't get it, and it was it sucked anyway. That's awesome. It's like the exact opposite of Twilight. <laughs> a bunch of ugly people fighting. <laughs> um, uh, what, what are you saying? I'm saying everybody in Twilight, except for the chick with her mouth open all the time, uh, you know? 
Well, let's get real. I mean, this wasn't really for the... This is for the little ladies. <laughs> exactly. Dude, for a horror podcast, we sure talk about Twilight a lot. It's our, it, I blame us for the propagation of uh, Twilight being in the in the uh, horror genre. Well, you know why I do it, right? It's We're going to add this to the... Uh... To the drinking game. To the anytime Mike or Johnny mentions Twilight, you take a shot. <laughs> Everybody be wasted. Uh, yeah, they'll. I mean, the shows are three and a half hours nowadays, so they're gonna have like a blood alcohol level that'll kill them. <laughs> yeah, that's not. That's not gonna be on my conscience. <laughs> but um, the movie. I mean, okay. So basically, the daughter goes off with her new boyfriend, Rat Tail, and she goes off into the barn and. He gets. He ends up getting bit by a critter, and the the son gets grounded. So he's in his room, and basically, the family slowly learns what's going on, and they're just trying to, you know, hole up their house. Yeah. And then there's the crazy town guy Charlie, who's, you know, the whole time he's one of those conspiracy theory guys who thinks that, you know, aliens probe him like nightly. Right. So, um. And and that's pretty much it. There's not a whole lot to this plot. Well, you know, the thing is, this is, I think, I would kind of put it into the horror comedy a little bit. Because, I mean, I mean you listen to the music in this, and every once in a while it'll be like uh, comedy music and, you know, to kind of lighten the mood. And, you know, there, was, there were funny parts, like, for instance, uh, one of the bounty hunters, you were saying how he couldn't decide on a form to take. He took the form of some dead cop. <laughs> he looks like a zombie walking around. And you know what's funny is this movie had like a ton of faces from the 80s that I recognize, but uh, I don't think I even ever knew their name. And I'm sure you do because you're freaking Rain Man. But <laughs> but but you know what I mean? I mean, there's just like all these 80s people that were just all over the TV in, in the 80s, but, uh, you know, never really had a big role. You know, it was it was kind of fun to see all those just to, you know, I guess it's uh, another uh, nostalgia thing. Well, I think I think all the movies we reviewed tonight were like that. They all had a little bit of humor in them, if not a lot. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This episode, this episode could been uh, uh, horror comedy with aliens. <laughs> horror alien comedy. Yeah, exactly. But um, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, the family just defends themselves. I mean, can, is there anything you can add to that? Well, you know, no, I mean, I think you got it right. I think there were a couple of funny things. I mean, the critters, it was funny because they, uh, the, one really great part was, I mean, these just kind of looked like balls of, uh, of, of, uh, like, um, uh, teeth or something, you know, I mean, they, they had a big face with giant teeth and, you know, they'd get bigger the more they ate and one got like loose in the, in the chicken's coop and started really growing, <laughs> uh, you know, but as far as like the plot goes, um, I mean, this, this is, I don't think this was meant to be a really deep and engaging movie, but it, you know, it's just meant to be a good time. No, I really liked, I'll tell you what I really liked is some of the conversations the critters had with each other <laughs> or the crites. Yeah. <laughs> With the one where he tells him to stay back because he's got a weapon, and the other one yeah. tells him to go ahead and he gets shot, and the other one says "fuck." Oh yeah, <laughs> love that. But uh, but it was it was hard to uh, it was hard to understand. So uh, you know they kept that PG thirteen rating. Oh yeah, you know they actually used a few uh, uh, profanities in this movie that I thought. I didn't, I mean, they, they used a few that I didn't think you could get away with in PG-13. You know, the thing is, I didn't realize that this was going to be PG-13, so I didn't really even notice. Oh. Well, I mean, for being a PG-13 movie, this was really entertaining, man. I, I remember this one for being a kid, and um, I probably haven't seen this in a couple of years. 
No. But I really liked it, man. Uh, I think okay. I like the second one the best. Yeah, I, I think I do, too. It has the, the super critter, the mega. The critter ball. Critter ball. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> Man, did you learn anything? That's why it's your favorite. Um, yeah, I did learn. I did learn uh, that uh, faux hawks have a reason rather than just being uh, dumb looking. Uh, it hid the uh, like the spines in the the shooting spines that came out of the uh, the critter's head. <laughs> you remember they used to shoot those things out. So you're saying yeah. I need to watch out for people with faux hawks? I you know I don't know what it is, but I have a problem with faux hawks. I do too because it's not a mohawk and people call it that sometimes. Well, you know what if you're I don't, and I don't think people do it to try to be like badass, you know, because obviously it's, you're not badass if you have a, a, a mo or a fohawk. But it's, I don't know, I don't know why I have it. Maybe, maybe I'm getting old, and it's like back when my dad was telling me, "You need to cut that hair." You know, maybe I'm just like, no, I don't think it's that at all. I just think, yeah, you guys look dumb. <laughs> anyway, sorry for anybody with a fohawk. I uh, suggest going bald. Here are all our listeners. <laughs> Everyone hates me now. <laughs> Man. Let's see, uh, farmers take it very seriously when a kid might miss a bus. Because <laughs> uh, that guy was like, if you miss that bus, I'm going to skin you and hang your bones out to dry. Oh, wow, yeah. It's like, holy crap. So, freaking, I would be I would be scared as hell of that guy. <laughs> Except for then again, you're right, he's 109, probably could barely even lift uh, a knife to fillet you with. Well, in his defense, you know, back when he was a child, they actually used to skin kids because he was in the Dark Ages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they used every part of the kid. <laughs> Make pouches out of its stomach, all sorts of crap. <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. You know anything else? No, that's it. I learned a few things. Ter- I learned how terrorists are made. How? Well, they sent their kid to bed without dinner, so he <laughs> went upstairs and started making bombs. <laughs> oh, that, that's right. Like... That kid is a pyro, man. Holy crap. And those were, like, pretty heavy-duty, man. Oh, yeah. Um, you, didn't do, you didn't do that when you were a kid? No, no, man. I'm actually scared of explosives. Wow. Hey. It's probably all that long, flowing hair that you boast. <laughs> it could be that or but the fact that I like my fingers. That you like your fingers? Yeah, yeah. I like having them. Yeah, I, one time I I wouldn't even go into it, but but really one time I had a one of my explosions, uh, there one of my pipe bombs blew up on, on my pinky, and it was like numb for two weeks. Holy crap! Yeah, Th- that happened to me whenever I got electrocuted. Are you serious? Yeah, you get electrocuted a lot. Uh, no, just twice in my life, but one time was so bad that I couldn't feel my hand for like a couple days. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, it was terrible. <laughs> that is scary. Let me tell you this. Okay, I'm gonna tell you right now. This is. This is a safety tip for all of you Cadaver Lab listeners. Uh-oh. If you ever are opening a TV set, and even if it's unplugged from the wall, don't clip any wires. Because really? according to what I know and what an electrician told me after the fact, they hold their current for up to seven years. Seven years? Yeah. Wow. And so when I clipped the big thick wire on top of the TV on the inside, um, <laughs> I got blasted across the room. <laughs> And it, I'm telling you what, dude. Your ears smoking. Oh, scariest shit that's ever happened to me in my life, dude. Like, I'm serious. Like, I, I like, I couldn't stop shaking for like three days. I'm just, I look like a. Oh, I'm not going there. <laughs> I almost went somewhere wrong. I grabbed my wiener and it, I, it was like doing it itself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, I learned one more thing. Uh huh. I learned that sometimes a roll in the hay is literal. Is that yeah? 
Yeah. That and uh, Young Frankenstein. I learned that from those two movies. <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, you know, she took him upstairs in a barn, which is kind of weird considering they're on her parents' property still. Well, you know what's weird about that is you don't really realize how annoying making out in uh, in hay really is. It's like, dog, it's not comfortable. I think Billy Zane realized that, though. Well, he, he, had, he had allergies. Well, he had it in his rat tail. He had hay <laughs> hanging out of the back of his head. And then he ends up getting his finger bit off. <laughs> All because of the damn hay. Yeah. Well, speaking of rolling in the hay, there was a memory count of zero, which... Well, yeah, PG-13. Exactly. Can't come as a shock to anybody. Right. Um, but, uh, did you get any who else said that? Uh, uh No? No. Okay. Well, I, I, remember how I said I didn't take great notes? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm on the same boat right now. <laughs> yeah. I actually got a couple. A few. Here's one. Transform. Nothing likes me. Find something. That is the devil to Sarah Jessica Parker when she's taking her human form to shoot sex in the city. <laughs> she has a human form? She has a pseudo-human form. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's still kind of horse-faced. <laughs> Do you know what's funny is in uh, Ed Wood which I watched this week, she even said she got a, in that movie, she, uh, I guess she was reading a review for one of her plays, you know, as the character. And she even said, dude, in that, that uh, uh, the reviewer in that said that she had a horse face. She had to have written that line, dude. <laughs> she had to have. Oh, yeah. I mean, because that's kind of the running joke with her. <laughs> but uh, uh, the next one I got is, uh, wonder what team he's on. That's Ricky Martin at the Chippendale show. No, nobody ever wondered that. <laughs> no, that was, or, you know, or, did you hear that he's also uh, Puerto Rican? <laughs> uh, Yeah, big news. I know, right? They're going to put a headline up for that. <laughs> Sweetie, what do you give this? Oh, hold on, I got one more, one more. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Lord, this is the best one, this is for you. This is. Oh, great. Everybody take a shot. Keep your shirt on, asshole. That's any guy who's ever had to sit through Twilight. <laughs> what in the hell? Hey, take a shot. <laughs> yeah. I give this movie. I give this movie a buy. You know, I, I think I'm gonna give this movie um, a rental, like a Redbox. But I mean, it's freaking great. I just don't. I didn't. I mean, I I did really like it, but I didn't love it. You know, like I said, part two was so much better. And the thing is, is I would I bought this anyways because I wanted to have all the critters. <laughs> well, from, but, from what I hear, you already got all the critters. Easy. <laughs> but anyway, why do you give it a buy? Uh, well, I you know I grew up with this movie. I just I love the I love this movie, man. I you know, I thought I grew up with it, but I didn't. I saw it for the first time just now. <laughs> you grew up with the critter ball, exactly. Um, I have a six degrees of Bruce. Sarah, M. Emmett Walsh was in Sundown, the Vampire was Retreat. It the old guy? Yeah, he was the the sheriff. He was. I did recognize him from that. Yes, he's in everything, dude. He was in the jerk. Well, he's been he's been alive since before film was invented. Hey, you know, in his defense, he wasn't as old as D. Wallace's husband. Oh, dude, I thought you were talking about D. Wallace's husband. No, 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 no the the sheriff. Oh, he's old too. That, oh, you're right. He was one of the main vampires out in front of the, in front of the. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. So, but but are you saying that uh, D. Wallace's husband in that wasn't in Vampire? No, 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 no. He's not. Well, he may be. I didn't check him. I wonder. I thought he was. And he very well could be. Because I noticed that, that the other guy was too, but I thought they were both in it. I'm like, oh, that's well, that's interesting. No, I haven't maybe, seen that. I, though. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe <laughs> I'm totally wrong. Man, so uh, I think that's it. I think that's all we got for this movie. 
Sweet. Then uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back. Cool. Way past the capsule tumbles. I'm dying based on partners. Our devils cross their names on hand. Let's have a howl on Hilton Carver. Sacrificed in the name of science. And with a last one, she swears revenge. Back, we're going to be talking about uh, 1986's Night of the Creeps. The Night of the Fall is finally here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the Night of the Creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you, then inside you. They get in through your mouth, and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new breed of terror. They are a different kind of horror. Zombies. Exploding heads, creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking over. I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. 
You have never had a night like this. Night of the Creeps. If you scream, you're dead. Now, something that's funny about this one is the fact that it has just barely, it just recently come out on DVD and Blu-ray. And, uh, I mean, well, what's it been since, like, last, uh, it's only been, like, six months or something, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it's pretty recent. And, I mean, the, the movie's obviously, I just said 1986, but it's been on demand. I've seen it all over the place. But I wonder, uh, do you know why they, they waited so long to actually release it on DVD? No, it actually had an original DVD release. It just oh, it did. Yeah, a few years ago, it just it was one of those things where it wasn't what the fans wanted. It didn't have the supplemental uh, features. It didn't have um, you know it didn't have the original ending. A lot of the fans right. demanded more from it, so they they basically um, pulled it off the shelves and re-released this years later. But it took forever to re-release it. Yeah, I was gonna say it had been years and years. Yeah, dude. I mean, since it, wow, it's the same with uh, was it Happy Birthday to Me? The same thing. They pulled it off the shelves, and it took forever to release the the uncut version. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know why they do that. You'd think they'd keep the original on the shelf until they re-release it. Well, then I'd have to buy it again and be pissed. So maybe they did me a favor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, this was uh, written and directed by Fred Decker who we all know from uh, the Monster Squad. Monster he wrote Squad. and directed that. He also uh, wrote and directed uh, RoboCop 3, which I didn't know until uh, until I just looked it up for this. Uh, IMDb gave this a 6.6. Um, actually, the pr- I, I, maybe this has something to do with why it wasn't released. The production budget looks, it says it was $5 million, uh, according to Wikipedia. And also, according to Wikipedia, it said it only made six hundred k. What? So I mean, yeah, that's a kick in the nuts, and I don't know if that's a if that's just a you know a screw up on Wikipedia. I mean, we all know how uh, reliable that can be, but no, but that's what it said. So I guess maybe that had something to do with it. Um, the movie starred Jason Lively, another redhead. Really? Uh, it's Chris. Yeah. What? I thought it was He's more brown. Red... I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I just I didn't picture him as a redhead. Well, that then that means you're uh, that you're not racist. You pictured him as a human being, exactly, <laughs> not as a hair color. That's great. Uh, my my one of my favorite things he's been in was uh, Rusty from European Vacation. <laughs> you know, you ever see that? Oh yeah, I love those movies, dude. When they're in when they're in Germany and there's like that one lady, there that one girl, and then then uh, he sees her boobs. <laughs> that was like one of the greatest moments in my life. <laughs> Maybe not the first time I saw him in a movie, but one of the first times. Okay. Oh. Uh, Steve Marshall played JC. Um, you know what's funny is both of these guys were also in Twenty One Jump Street episodes that I've been that I've seen lately. But uh, JC wasn't in a hell of a lot else. Um, let's see, Jill Whitlow, who played Cynthia, uh, was uh, she? Did, she wasn't in a lot of other stuff too. Uh, she was pretty cute though, don't you think? For oh, yeah. like a for like an eighties chick who is like unknown. Oh yeah, dude. More or less, you know. I would she's totally. A, she's a babe. I would totally take Cynthia Cronenberg to the point. <laughs> to uh, inspiration point. Oh yeah. Yeah, you even you even got some uh, some count on that one too. <laughs> um, but uh, last but definitely not least, it uh, starred Tom Mother F and Atkins. Uh, playing Ray Cameron. Do I even need to say what else he's been in? Uh, I think if people listen to the show, they really don't need an explanation. I'll punch you, people. That was, that was just like a general, I'll punch you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah. Oh, cool. Well, uh, basically, um, 
uh, you know what? Another thing I really liked about this movie is there was a lot of quintessential 80s, you know, in it. And uh, obviously this came out uh, the same year Critters came out. Um, that's right, 86, right? Oh, yeah, 86. Anyway, so I, it already has that on its on its side. Uh, anyway, the uh, the movie starts out on a what looks like a spaceship. Uh, there's like two silly putty looking alien guys running around on guns with a ship, trying to contain uh, another alien who's running around with with uh, a canister in, in, ex, in inside it. There's some kind of an experiment, is is what uh, the wiki says. Um, Obviously, they don't want it to get away, but the third alien stuffs it in a canister and shoots it out, and it lands on Earth in uh, the year 1959. Um, we rejoin the movie on uh, in 1959 on Sorority Row. Uh, Chick and a dude go up to Inspiration Point where uh, Johnny wants to see Cronenberg. Yep. Cynthia Cronenberg, right? Cynthia. All right, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, so they're going up there and they're talking, and uh, uh, it's funny because what was it? At the same time on the news, there was some psycho killer who just escaped from a nearby insane asylum. Um, anyways, they're sitting there, you know, talking in the car, and they see a, a shooting star, and they, it, they basically see that it lands nearby. So Johnny, the dude, uh, goes to, to go check it out and leaves the girl there. Of course, um, uh, you know, a cop shows up, tells him, you know, war before any, before, you know, they, they take off, the cop shows up and, and warns him about, uh, the crazy lunatic that's, that's wandering around. Anyhow, uh, as Johnny's gone, ch checking out the, uh, shooting star where it landed, the meteorite where it landed, basically, unfortunately, um, the girl gets taken out by the maniac. Anyhow, uh, my favorite part of, of, uh, of any movie is seeing something go into a guy's mouth, and that's exactly what happened. That was a joke? <laughs> Stop me right there, please. please. <laughs> well, it basically, is uh, Johnny went to check out the uh, the meteorite, a, I guess what you would call it is kind of a leech, kind of a slug leech-looking thing, jumps into his, uh, his mouth and... Uh, because that's when that girl gets attacked, and right when she gets the axe in the face, uh, we cut to 1986. Uh, there's a couple of nerds, Chris and JC. Uh, they're kind of cruising the college campus, uh, kind of lamenting that they're nerds and that they're not going to get a lot of hot chicks. JC is on crutches, and uh, Chris is, uh, yeah, the redheaded dude. So who you all know he has problems. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I, why am I doing this? I'm totally kidding. I'm such a dick. Anyways, basically they find a girl, this Cynthia, and uh, they're they're trying to impress her. So what did what do they assume that she wants? They assume she wants a frat boy. So they decide to uh, go pledge for this uh, frat. Anyways, the frat dudes were never really gonna let them in, but they uh, decide to send them on a task to go to the medical the the university medical building, steal a cadaver, and stick it on one of the sororities. Uh, house's uh, doorsteps. Basically, instead of finding kind of a normal what what you would expect to see in a cadaver lab, what's that? Oh, That's right. well, they find a a cadaver that has been cryogenically frozen, and uh, one thing comes to another. They they accidentally let the guy out, and uh, you know he's reanimated. Basically, he the the the. Two dudes run away screaming like banshees, which apparently is freaking hilarious to Asian janitors. Screaming like banshees. <laughs> Anyways. Um, 
uh, the Johnny escapes after being woken up. He kills the, um, you know, the lab guy and he shows up on, he, he walks all the way to the doorstep of Cynthia's sorority house, which is not the one they were supposed to. Well, anyway, chills on the doorstep of Cynthia's sorority house. His uh, head turns into a vagina. A bunch of uh, <laughs> leeches come out, and uh, he falls and lands on the sidewalk. Anyhow, Ray Cameron, who is, who is uh, played by Tom Atkins, is called in to investigate. Uh, he actually, uh, it turns out that he was the cop that uh, investigated Johnny's original case, um, you know, back in 1959. And it turns out that uh, the girl who got killed by the axe murderer was his high school sweetheart. Anyways, basically, uh, Ray. First of all, we just have to say he oozes coolness this whole damn movie. This is my, this has got to be my favorite role of his of all time. What do you think? Oh, Tom Atkins. Yeah. Oh yeah, hands down. I mean, he's badass in a lot of other things, but this one, I think he's given a little bit extra free range to to kind of ro- to kind of be, you know, the the swarthy, you know. Uh, badass police officer or whatever. Well, this is and, uh, this is the movie ahead. that makes him the horror genre's Chuck Norris. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, he's got, he's got the lines. Of course, uh, there's one part where he actually mistook himself for uh, Bullwinkle the moose, and I mean, maybe that was just an old guy's moment. You know, remember he's walking into the lab after the thing, and some guy's like, uh, "Cameron, no, it's Bullwinkle Moose." <laughs> <laughs> it was, I thought that was a little weird, maybe a little bit out of place. He had a lot of lines that were kind of like that. Oh yeah, I've got. I uh, I he spawned a few. Who else said that? Let's just say that. <laughs> anyway, uh, basically, he goes. He, he starts taking the case. Um, you know, they find Johnny or not Johnny, uh, JC and Chris. He finds him and starts talking to him about it because. Uh, the uh, the janitor ratted him out, and so he's talking to him. And they kind of, you know, form a little bit of a bond. And, uh, of course, all this crazy stuff's going on. It turns out that uh, that uh, basically I, I, these it, these leeches come out. They're, they um, go in your mouth. They lay eggs in your brain. They incubate there, whether you're dead or alive. And, you know, kind of makes the zombie guys walking around. And uh, until they are, that's just basically, I guess, how they reproduce. They feed on the brains, and then once uh, they're ready to uh, be hatched, the head kind of disintegrate or kind of splits open, and all these leeches kind of come out. So it's actually really freaking cool. Oh, yeah, the special effects of this were great, dude. Oh, absolutely. Anyhow, um, I mean, I mean, there's... A, the story isn't really that deep. I mean, it's not like it's it sucks or anything like that. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. However, um, uh, you know, obviously we don't want to uh, say too much. But I think that between, you know, as, as things were happening, uh, some of the special effects, some of the awesome lines, uh, I, I freaking thought this movie was fantastic. Oh, yeah. And this is one that... When they announced that it was getting a re-release on DVD, I was, you know, just pumped for. Uh-huh. Did you notice some of the similarities between this and Critters? Um, first of all, they there's somebody escaped from outer space. <laughs> well, besides that, like, <laughs> no. Uh, um, well, in both movies, in two different bedrooms, there's posters of the police. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, you see Sting in both yeah. <laughs> both rooms. Uh, I remember it in Critters, yeah. Yeah, in both movies. And then uh, also I noticed something in both movies, too, that um, both movies had shitty vanity plates. 
Oh, the first one was like too great. Yep, too great. Or something like that. Yeah. And then Bradster. <laughs> Bradster. That guy deserves a kick in the balls. The Bradster. The, for the Brad. <laughs> uh, you know what? Also, one thing uh, is, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to skip out on talking about the movie, but the, the, I got the Blu-ray, and it has so much kick-ass extras on this thing. I, I wonder I if mean, they're the same as the DVD, because mine has a crap load, too. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I don't have the DVD or anything, but I, I mean, I would assume that they wouldn't just give that, uh, just uh, um, only give the people who sprung for the Blu-ray. I, don't, I, I mean, I guess I don't know. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, the and also one thing I learned about by watching some of the extras is the fact that, and you mentioned it before, is that um, the there were two endings of this movie, and I guess the one on the old DVD uh, people didn't like, and I watched it, and I know I can see why. The theatrical ending, you know? the one yeah. where the girl, the dog at the end. Yeah, the thing is though, is I mean, it, I don't know. I think what I think the main reason that they chose that one over the one that ended up on the Blu-ray is the, is the fact that I think that the that um, I, I think I read that basically when they showed the ending, all the effects weren't in. It was kind of a work print type of deal. And so, you know, and there's some special effects in the in the ending on the Blu-ray. That, and they're like, what the crap is going on? They couldn't really see it, so they threw in the other ending. Or, or you know, or they, or they re-shot it. I, I don't know what they had to do. And then released it that way. And honestly, I think the one that's on the, the Blu-ray now is, is uh, a lot better. Oh, yeah. The, it's, you know, and, and that, not to give, and it's not really giving anything away, but that shot at the very end of the spaceship over the cemetery and all that, uh-huh. that was a really, really cool shot. I, I completely agree with you. Is that the shot you were um, talking about, where it was yeah, maybe exactly. incomplete? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, obviously, I don't know exactly what it was, but but uh, I assume it had something to do with that. Um, you know, it's funny also about this movie. There was a lot of people who were named after horror quote unquote greats. I mean, we uh, there was uh, Chris Romero. Um, what was there was a uh, JC was like what, what was it JC Hooper Carpenter or something like yep. that? Carpenter Hooper. And uh, of course, uh, the Cynthia Cronenberg, and uh, there's also a Raimi in there. Yep, I, I can't remember. Yeah, there was Raimi, uh, and there was also um, what's it, um, Cameron? Oh, was there? Yep, that was a nod to James Cameron. Cool. Well, you know, all in all, in this movie, the the special effects were fantastic, uh, top to bottom. Um, the movie was funny. It was fun to watch. Uh, I don't know why, but. Uh, um, I mean, obviously, this wasn't a perfect movie. And there's a couple of parts that were kind of irritating, but I'll tell you what: I really wish that uh, I lived in a girl's dormitory in the '80s. I mean, a girl's uh, uh, what do you call that sorority house in the '80s? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, that was oh, awesome. Yeah. You, you just sounded like a like some kind of sex fiend. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, freaking yeah. awesome! <laughs> hey baby, what you got for me there? <laughs> There's a lot of good-looking '80s chicks. I'm telling you what, you know, I even like the dorky girl that well, the one with the the cat. Oh right, the one who was reading all the time. <laughs> Just because she reads doesn't make her a dork, dude. Don't she had glasses on that were like each <laughs> each lens on the glass was like a freaking dinner plate. Let's just tell. Just how they were in the '80s, man. I know. Come on, like like when somebody said long hair in the eighties, they meant a mullet. Okay, exactly. That's just how it was. That's just how it was, man. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what what do you have? Oh man, I uh, I just uh, this is one of those movies that I can watch it. I can watch it a million times, and it never gets old. Right. Um, I the memory count on this movie was three. 
but they yeah, they were three they were, quality. They were, solid, they were very yeah. good. Um, in fact, you know what? As many times as I've seen this movie, I did not remember Cynthia Cronenberg getting naked. What? Well, because it's very quick, and at the end of the movie is when you get the other two, and they're like simultaneously. Well, because yeah, they're going over the showers. Yeah, they're like they're like they're just those are pretty solid. Too, they're back actually. to back. Um, yeah. Oh, that one well, toward the or end. boob to boob. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But um, very good, man. I, I just I love this movie. Um, you know, I learned cool. I the kick in the balls I get for this movie. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say Brad. But I in, I ultimately went with the person. The obvious pick. Exactly. Yeah. So I went with the person who wrote, who I don't know who it was, but whoever wrote Striper Rules on the bathroom stall. I will kill you for not liking Striper. Striper can, <laughs> I am just kidding. They can suck my butthole. No, I'm joking. You know, you know what's funny? Growing up, I knew a kid whose, whose uncle was like the, was I can't remember even what he was, was Striper. And, uh, dude, it was the only kid I knew growing up who had red hair. What's going on? Hey, this you want to hear something funny? This is weird, but I know the drummer of Striper. Oh, do you? Really? Yes, I do. I, that's weird. Anyways, I made fun of this guy once. His name was Kenny, which is also funny. But um, I made fun of Striper once because I'm like, dude, your freaking uncle blows. He freaking sucks, and uh, he literally started swinging at me. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the Christian thing to do. <laughs> Start beating someone's <laughs> ass if you don't agree with them. Well, I was being such an asshole, dude. <laughs> dude, you know what's... It's not like he was in Striper. That's awesome. But no, that's... Did you get a kick in the balls for this? Uh, I actually got a few. Oh, wow. Um, for <laughs> There was a lot of kicks going on. Uh, first of all, the coroner at the scene of a lot of the deaths was eating a sandwich. Oh, man. Uh uh, what the crap? Okay, uh, the 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 cadaver, uh, the Johnny, uh, for having a vagina on his forehead, <laughs> and uh, Steve, the unibrow jock that fell for the old call for you. I'm gonna pick up your chick while you're gone. Trick. You know what, dude? That guy had the worst unibrow I've ever seen in my he life. He was like the raunchiest, hairiest, sickest thing that I've seen. I I. He just gets it for having that, not freaking shaving. He had the equivalent of a water moccasin on his forehead. <laughs> oh, that is terrible. Uh, I learned a crap load of stuff, too. I'll tear it. Um, it's not always sexy to see a female swallow a phallus-shaped item. <laughs> no, not not at all. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, this is actually a more of a reaffirmation than, a, than a, something I learned. But uh, Tom Atkins is the freaking man. Oh, yeah. Always. Um, I learned that, uh, although I'll never say it out loud when it happens, it's always uncomfortable when a crippled person makes a joke about their handicap. <laughs> well, and you always have to do that nervous laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're funny. I can't laugh too much. Or they're gonna... Yeah, exactly. It's not funny. Um, let's see. The aliens looked like... Uh, uh, basically, I guess I learned I could make special effects by um, trying to make a person by um, carving it out of a potato and then leaving it out for a couple of days because that's what the aliens kind of look like when I attempt to carve a person from a potato. And I do it quite a bit, actually. <laughs> that's Vern Troyer naked, dude. That's what they look like. There's many of me running around with a freaking plasma rifle. What do you mean they, dude? What? What do you mean they? There were like three Is aliens. It... Oh, the... I thought you were talking about that's what that's what like little people look like, dude. Naked, dude. <laughs> hey, after Stephen's story, man, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rag on the skittle feed and 
Yeah, I, uh, yeah, he got busted. That's a freaking urban legend. I, you know what? You know what? Too. I told someone at work, and they called me out on it. <laughs> I said, you got to hear the story. And I told them, and they're like, dude, that's a freaking joke that's going around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I felt like an asshole. Thanks, Steven. <laughs> oh, he is the king asshole. I'm sure. It was, I'm you know sure what? He, I'm sure he feels so much remorse. That story was freaking hilarious, though. Dude, that yeah. If if nothing else, it made me laugh my balls off. Um, I actually had them had to put them in the uh, fridge so the swelling would go down before I reattached them. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, what'd you learn? Oh, for this, I learned that if you can't remember the last number in a code, just press zero because no, yeah. it's going to open. You know the uh, fro the uh, corpsicle as they called it. <laughs> the corpsicle. Um, I also learned, in case of an emergency, always carry a spare sandwich in your briefcase. You know? <laughs> yep. Just because it's tasteless doesn't mean you can't eat. <laughs> um, or it's not full of flavor. <laughs> um, also, I learned that anybody who adds the suffix stir to their name is a douchebag. You know what? I don't think I've heard anything as wise as what you just said in the last couple of weeks. Nobody called you the, the Mikester? <laughs> you know what? Um, Please God say no. <laughs> I no no. no 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 that's never happened. But I used I had a I had a boss once that used to call himself the Rickster. The Rickster. And uh, yeah, I um, I ended up hating him so bad from day one, and I knew I would because th that's when he called himself the Rickster. Oh, yeah, my, my name is Rick, but you can call me Rickster. <laughs> you, you should call him Toothless after you punch him out of his face. <laughs> more, more like dickless, because that's where I kicked him. Anyways, <laughs> you kicked it off, <laughs> dude. You, I don't think you understand the power I have. I, I apparently Someone not. Someone calls themselves Stir, man. I'll kick your dick right off. Man. <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> I learned. <laughs> I learned one more thing, but, and I learned this from Tom Atkins. So I'm going to take this to heart. I learned that no matter what the situation in your life, you always stop and smell the roses. Ah. Uh, Always. Oh, you know what? You know, he he was he was obviously going through a hard time in his life. You know? Dude, he walked up to and, the scene of a murder, like just bodies, and he's like smelling the roses. Dude, that he that's, that's called uh, cool under fire, man. Exactly. That's that's all that is. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I you know what? I give this a. I I am torn. I don't know why I wouldn't give it a bone saw. So I guess you know I'll just give it a bone. That's saw. what I'm giving it. Oh, it gets a bone saw, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet, dude. Did you get any who I sold that? Uh, yes, I did. In fact, uh, I've got a couple of ones that uh, at least made me laugh. <laughs> uh, uh, first of all, I'll start with my who else will say that. Uh-oh. There, there, there was a line in it that said, I'll even let you fondle my breasts. That is you to all your fans after uh, the next Cougar Nation where you show your nipples. <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm going to put that in the sidebar. <laughs> I'll even let you fondle my breast. Exactly. <laughs> um, I've got good news and bad news, girls. Your dates are here. The bad news is that they're dead. Fuzzes. Okay, I added the fuzzes, but you'll see why. Uh, that's Fred Decker actually telling the Hot Twins on Friday the 13th Part 4 that Teddy and Jimmy are there to pick him up. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't... Come on, remember Teddy kept calling, uh, what's his name, uh, McFly a dead fuzz? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, well, you just ruined that whole joke. Hey, but you know what, though? Mc... Uh, McFly got to make it with that British chick, so. 
Rao. <laughs> uh, and I think this is, I saved my best one for last. <laughs> what I'm going to need is your basic flamethrower. That was Bill Clinton when he needed to clear out the cobwebs and leeches in Hillary's cavernous vagina when they were trying to make up after all the cheating. Are you serious? (laughs) That's pretty good. Oh, man. Oh, shoot. I only have have one who else said that. All right. Are you going to straighten it out, Ramey, or am I going to play Pooh Patrol with your nightstick? (laughs) <laughs> that was Sony to Sam Raimi after Spider-Man 3. Oh, well, obviously he uh, decided not to straighten it out, so right now they're playing Poop Patrol. Exactly. Spider-Man 3, well, sh- Spider-Man, all of them sucked. You know, I freaking watched a lot of Spider-Man because my son loves it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of grown on me, but I will not watch number three anymore. I'll tell you this. I can stomach part one. Two and three, I just can't do. Two was just uh, Toby Maguire crying for an hour and a half. Yeah, and he, I'm with you. He's a little pansy. Plus, I don't like Mary Jane in it. Uh, I love me a snaggletooth, the, the though. Girl who plays it? Well, come on. You, who would win? Come on. Here's here comes a Family Guy references. That's harder to do than judging a hot, an ugly face, hot body contest between Kirsten Dunst and uh, Jessica Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> Oh, you know what, though? That's that. There's truth to that joke, dude. Because I would trade. Like we should, we should see if maybe we can fund some kind of project where they'll do that. <laughs> well, that's all I got for it. Hey, that's all I got too. Cool. Oh, hey, well, did, did you get now, a six degrees? What? Oh, you know I did. Actually, so that isn't all I had. Uh, Tom Atkins was in Escape from New York with Kurt Russell, who was in Sky High with Bruce. Look at that. Nice. Awesome. Man. All right, be right back. Sweet. Find 
We are back with Undead from 2003. Oh God, I hope no one's hurt. of the alleged plague sweeping through the town has been reported. Have you ever seen anything like this before? How did they know where we were? They can smell us. They want to feed off us. Crazy's definitely come to this town for a visit. Um, the IMDb on this movie is 5.6. It is written and directed by Michael and Peter Spierig, who you might know recently from the movie Daybreakers. What did you think of Daybreakers? I actually have not seen that, but I'm stoked. Oh, cool. Okay. It's one of those movies that um, I have really high hopes for, and I hear several people say it's really good. Like, I think Vaughn said it was really good, and then I've heard people say it sucked. So I thought it was good. I thought it was. I mean, I thought it was decent. You know, that, that's all I'm looking for, dude. Huh. The vampires look cool in it. Yeah. I, I honestly, I mean, I didn't, like I said, I didn't think it was, like, uh, the greatest thing in the world, but uh, I thought it was a really enjoyable movie. Yeah, well, I mean, the cast is really good, too. And apparently a lot yeah. of the cast from Undead was actually in it. You know, I didn't even, I noticed that uh, the main guy from Undead was in it somewhere, but I didn't notice him. Um, but, uh, um, I don't know. I I I was trying to think of whether I recognized anybody in there and I didn't, but maybe it's just because they were different. Well, it was like it was like six years later. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, because I looked at the guy you're talking about, Marion, the guy, well, the guy who played Marion, uh, Mungo McKay, and uh-huh. he looks totally different now. I wouldn't even recognize yeah. him. Yeah, uh, you're talking about the main guy, right? The guy with the the triple the beard yeah, and the hat. Yeah, the triple barrel shotgun or whatever. <laughs> oh, dude, not since Reggie. On uh, Phantasm, have we seen quite a kick-ass shotgun oh, setup? Well, that guy, just, you know, the character of Marion, I thought was badass. You and me both. Yeah, he was cool, man. Um, this movie starred Felicity Mason as Renee, Mungo McKay. Hot or not, dude. Uh, you know what? I, it's really hard to say, and, and ultimately I'm going to come back to not. And the reason is because 
toward the end there, man, she started to go the other direction for me. Like I, <laughs> like I don't know what it was, and and that's sad because toward the end she got in less clothes. Like she was actually wearing less clothes. Right, like the the uh, the wife beater or whatever the tank top. Well, they had the strip down. Oh, that's right. Oh, that, oh, yeah, that's totally right. And You're, I forgot about that. But it, she had a rock. She was cute. Her no, her body was banging. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yo, yeah. That's what I. Mean. It was her. That's it was her I mean. face. She had a really, I want to say, boyish face. <laughs> Not horse. Sorry, that was, that was rude. <laughs> I've just, I've actually just been itching to try my horse impression. <laughs> I can't do it. Holy crap! Did that sound all right? <laughs> I, 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 I thought I was talking to Mr. Ed for a moment. Wilbur. <laughs> um, this, this also starred Mungo McKay, who we just mentioned. He played Marion. Yep. It had Rob Jenkins as Wayne. Dirk Hunter as Harrison, which, that's a strong name, dude. Dirk. Dirk. Uh, Dirk just sounds like, you know, well, since Boogie Nights, it sounds like a porn star name. <laughs> and uh, Diggler. <laughs> and Emma Randall as Molly. And the plot for this is a quaint Australian fishing village is overcome by meteorites that turn its residents into the ravenous undead, leaving a small group of those unharmed to find a way out. And basically, um, Renee, it starts the movie off. You see her talking to which what I guess is, you know, like a banker about the they're foreclosing on her family's farm. And basically, she inherited her family's debt. So she's going to leave this town. She's the, the fishing, like, Miss America fishing girl. I don't know. We, well, yeah, what was she? She was, uh, like, fresh catch. That was it. Catch of the, catch of the catch day. Of the That's what it was. Catch of the Miss catch right. of the day. And basically, she, she decides that, um, she's going to leave this town, her and her agent. And so she's leaving. And as she's getting out of the, I mean, her agent is the biggest slime ball on the planet. I I he gets my kick. I, I can't I can't even wait till the end, just because the way he was talking on the phone and chomping and slapping on that gum, oh oh yeah, I wanted to kill him. You know, but he actually made for a very creepy zombie. He did, but uh, I liked him better as a zombie than as a human, and that's always a bad. Zombie. Oh, he was a nozzle, dude. <laughs> but a nozzle. He was, but so they stop at this roadblock, and of course he gets out. And goes to check on what happens is there's two two or three vehicles you know that have had a collision. He goes up there and you know he comes back and tells her you know there's some people hurt up there and at this at this time she's you know she looks kind of shocked and he gets bitten by something under the vehicle and dragged underneath. So she instead of climbing over to the driver's seat and driving off, climbs on top of the vehicle right with with a club. She had, you know, remember the club that you put on your steering yep. wheel? Yeah, she had that. And so, by by the way, it's a lot more effective than I thought it would be with what you're about to say. I'm telling you right now that if they had that in the uh, back in the medieval days, they man, Ash Ash should have had a club on his arm instead of a chainsaw. He would have messed some deadites up. Holy crap, that thing was badass, apparently. Well, so... I, I didn't realize <laughs> So, that's what their commercial should have been for that. <laughs> if, if their commercial had been someone getting sliced in half with a damn club, oh, I would have bought one. Even if I didn't have a car, I'd buy one. <laughs> Just walk around with one, like, hooked up to your belt or something. Exactly, no one would mess with you. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, all this stuff happens, and she ends up... Um, I, I don't, does she get saved by Marion? Like he shows up out of nowhere. 
Yeah, I think he shoots. I think he shoots something that uh, was coming at her or something. So he runs off through the woods, and she, you know, follows him, and she ends up at this old kind of like Texas Chainsaw type farmhouse, maybe a little better. <laughs> right. And um, basically, once they get there, there's a, another couple that shows up, and it's a man and his pregnant wife. And then a few few minutes later, a cop and his new partner, which that's my kick in the balls is for that cop because... I loved the cop, dude. His dialogue was really funny, but yeah. he was he was just that guy that you were like, oh, I hope he dies. I hope he dies. <laughs> well, I kept thinking, man, I hope that he gets put into precarious situations but never dies because he was like freaking out the whole time being so funny. Oh, you know what's funny, though? I read about this. He was the most vulgar character in this movie. And what I oh, yeah. what I read was when this script was written, there was no expletives in it and that he ad-libbed all that. Oh, are you serious? That to me. Because he, he dropped quite a few bombs. Exactly. And that to me makes me like him even more. <laughs> because the no well just the fact that he pulled it off so like he pulled it off like it was written like it he, he did it really well <laughs> he reminded me of a character from like hot fuzz but exactly exactly but um one of the douchier you know like one of the andes in it <laughs> a liter of cola and basically they get to this house they um they go downstairs to this was like a shelter and they realize that at this point that it's they either wait for salvation or they make a run for it. And so they, uh-huh. they take a van and they basically drive off and try to leave the city. Once they get there, there's a giant wall that appears to be never ending and has spikes on it. And yeah, it was really cool. It was, it was really neat. And for, also for the visuals and the CG in this movie, um, it was all done at home by the spirit brothers. This was in, Oh really? Exactly. Yeah. This movie was entirely funded by them and their friends. And you got to be kidding no, me. No, wow. and that's why the CG in this movie gets the ultimate pass for me because not only did Well, the CG wasn't bad. No, it looked I didn't think. It looked good. And considering that they did this with their own money at their home, well, and and, and the thing is is it was made in 2003 as well. I mean, that's 7 years ago. And having watched this last night, I I can't complain about the CG at all. No, not at all. And I no, it was impressive and you know, they get to that wall and ba- and the whole movie there's this rain and the rain's was it's like burning the people, right? Pretty much. Yeah, kind of acid rain yeah. type of deal. It's like acid rain, and the, and they think the rain's harmful. And really, I I can't say a whole lot more about this because no. because it would give away some plot elements that I think toward the end become really I don't know really really awesome. Well, it, it's a definite twist that I freaking wasn't expecting. No, and I and I loved it too. And I, and to me, like we were talking about a message earlier. And I think this mm-hmm. movie had a pretty good message at the end, but I won't say it because it would give away some stuff. <laughs> but no, and basically up until this point, Do you know what message I got? <laughs> don't go fishing. The mes- <laughs> yeah, the message I got is uh, fishes are freaking badass if you let them. <laughs> yeah, if you have dead fish in your boat, never turn your back on them. <laughs> they will mess your ass up. Yeah, but um, pretty much this movie is them against zombies and them against acid rain, and so you are kind of wondering what's going on because there's, you know, you see like what basically meteorites or comets in the sky and the sky's getting real cloudy. Mm-hmm. And 
there's just there's a lot of stuff. Well, and it's got that cool that cool effect that that uh, cloud effect. There, you remember when uh, when Gozer showed up in Ghostbusters? Kind of that cloudy effect. Yeah. You know, I th- I think it, it kind of added that, and I thought I think that was really co- uh, cool. And it was it was a lot cleaner than it was in Ghostbusters too, uh, or as well. Oh yeah. Um, well, and the reason I think a lot of the CG and stuff worked in this movie is because did you it, the movie had a weird like tint on it. Yeah, that's and I noticed that too. Is because I think it was because of the, of the those clouds and apparently that uh, the whole giant wall around it. Cause it was all blue. It was like blue, and there were sometimes there was there were some points where it was like almost like a yellow hue. Yep. Uh huh. But um, I mean, I really can't say a whole lot more about this without giving away the end because you find a lot of stuff out. But you know, the characters they don't overdevelop them. But I feel that. A lot of them were really cool. Like I really, I I liked Miss Catch of the Day. Besides, you know, her horse face, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I I agree with you. I mean, uh, there was still a bit of mystery to uh, Marion, and uh, is that that's his name? Yeah, right? yeah. Damn it. Okay, there, you know, there's a little bit of mystery to him. He was kind of an introvert type of guy. I mean, obviously, I mean, what you mentioned that there was a like a shelter underground and stuff. And I think that was uh, was was that his or did he know about that or what was the deal? No, he knew about it. Yeah, okay, so and that's what I thought. So he was kind of already in, and he, and he had that giant uh, triple shotgun, so I mean, he was already kind of into survival and whatever. And, uh, I mean, it, it all it turns out that uh, he had experienced kind of what was going on before. Well, didn't it say that on his porch? Didn't, when uh, Renee walked up, did, wasn't there a sign that said, like, Marion's house of, like, weapons? Or something like that. I, I, I don't know if I saw that. Yeah, it was, it was um, something you know, but, like but that. But the thing is, I, I mean, you talking about the... Um, the um, uh, characters and it's like it, it was really cool because it was I think it was really balanced between you know um, not knowing him and not caring about him and uh, you know I mean it, it didn't we I didn't feel that way about him but I also didn't think they took too much time trying to develop all this bullshit that we don't need to know about no the, they know? didn't at all yeah and it, it, even the cops and stuff like that. I mean, we know jack crap about them, but just because of the way they behave, you know, we we kind of. I mean, we don't know their background, obviously, but we kind of, you know, we kind of know what type of person they are. And at the same time, I don't really think that they were caricatures or you know some kind of a of a, a quote unquote. Uh, uh, generic type of oh you know how some movies you have oh you have the dick you have the comedian yeah. and whatever, you know and I, I don't really think it was like that either I liked the cops a lot you know the girl was the uh, she was like the nervous rookie and he, he right. was just the you know the alpha male asshole just you know I'm leading the show cop yeah, but at the same way, at the same time, I don't think it was too stereotypical to to not be enjoyed. Well, no, because you can like see that. him getting nervous, and you can see him like interact with the other people. Uh, plus, like you said, he was hilarious. Oh, dude! Like even though he gets the kick in the balls for me, he was he was one of the most entertaining characters. I th- I think Marion overall gets my you know he's overall my favorite my favorite person. Right. Me too. Well, yeah, me too. Yeah, he was awesome. And he was like the Australian Outback version of, um, like, Neo from The Matrix, but good. <laughs> like, you know, because The Matrix was, like, like taint. Uh, you know, I don't think he said, whoa, once. It was whoa. like, whoa, the zombies. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of the zombies, I actually thought they were really cool. Um, it was kind of, they were kind of like... Uh, uh, a hybrid between zombies and uh, between, like, you know, normal what you know 
whatever zombies. But it's funny because right when somebody would turn into a zombie, there'd be like a like a Evil Dead moment. That's what I thought too. The camera, they'd like freak out real quick. Yeah, and the camera angles and stuff like that. It was really cool. And I mean, you blink and you miss it, but. I mean, they do it quite. You know, they, they. I mean, they don't do the same thing over and over, but they kind of use that same kind of Raimi esque uh, style that was. That I thought was really great. You say that, and that actually reminds me of one of the points I wanted to make was that. Uh-huh. It, it, I thought this movie was a throwback to a lot of old movies, like uh, like a lot of the Raimi movies and uh-huh. like the Ed Wood movies. Right, it, like it had a lot of that, like especially during the just the title sequence. It, it reminded me a lot of like an Ed Wood movie. And like you said, with the zombies, like where it would like focus in on them real fast when they would turn, that was yeah. very Raimi. You know, there were a lot of really cool things in this that I, I just really appreciated because it, it was its own movie, but at the same time, it was like a nod without being, you know, like, hey, hey look what I'm doing. One of the greatest scenes of all time, we mentioned it briefly, is that uh, he goes out fishing, he's there, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, a little rain cloud, kind of like the one that follows Charlie Brown around, starts raining on him, awakes the fish that are in his freaking boat, and they start attacking him. Well, the best thing about these fish is not the fact that they're, I mean, it's pretty cool that they're flying up and biting his face, but the fact that they freaking sound like pigs. I love it. They're like, <laughs> you know, oh my gosh, I was laughing. That I was That was freaking bad. Um, he was just like punching him. Like they jump up and he'd swing his fist. And, but you know, that was actually one point where I did notice that the CG was a little lacking when he'd punch a fish, it would just like explode into red blood. <laughs> but still it was, it was so funny that, you know, it didn't really bother me. No, not at all, dude. Like this, this movie overall was just really, really enjoyable. I don't, I heard some people when I mentioned we were going to talk about it, uh, say that, ah, oh, it's kind of slow in the middle or, you know, this is, I, you know, I, I honestly did not notice that. Or somebody even said that it drags a bit. And I mean, I, I understand that, uh, uh, you know, it, it's funny because in the, in the beginning of the movie, everything's going on, shit's hitting the fan and stuff like that. We're trying to figure out. And in the middle, they, you know, they kind of hunker down for a little bit and, you know, they get, we get to know them a little bit better. But I, you know, I never really felt like it dragged. How about you? I think the only moment where it kind of dragged was when they, when they drove up to the wall. And, it, okay. and even then, it wasn't like something that took me away from the movie. Like it was, right. it was good, but it wasn't like, wasn't something that like totally distracted me or, or left me, you know, wanting right. wanting more. I mean, because at that that same time, stuff was going on. I, I you know, I can see that. I, but but I'm with you. This this didn't bother me a lot. That didn't bother me a lot. I thought, you know, I, I I'll be honest with you. I've seen this before, but the first time I watched it, I, I guess I wasn't really into it. And it, I mean, I, meaning I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I is what I'm saying. So. When we went to watch this, again, you know, I remember it. I don't re- really remember it making an impression on me. But now that I sat down and watched it this time, I really enjoyed it. You know, um, I, it definitely is is kind of one of those um, dark horse type of type of movies where you know, like I don't hear a lot about it. I don't really, you know, hear a lot of other people mention it or talk about it. But you know what? It's a pretty solid flick that was totally enjoyable. You know, you mentioned the uh, the boat, the fishing scene. Yeah. Uh, I think one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie was the airplane scene where all the bodies oh. were suspended in midair. Oh, yeah. And, and they were, oh, yeah. Oh, that was so cool looking, man. That, like, and it takes a lot for something that is that, yeah, I don't know, something that's. Well, it's just new and imaginative. It is, but at the same time, it's like, 
you could tell there's like an over <clears throat> there's a lot of visual effects stuff there and and a lot of times that wouldn't work but i it really was it was executed well yeah i didn't uh, yeah again that i i didn't really see any problems with the uh you know, with the visual effects on that, I didn't. No, not at all, and especially when the body hits the windshield of the plane. It and no, oh, it was yeah. really cool because, like, you could tell at that moment that it was, you know, it was it was probably something that was done on a soundstage, but it looked so right. awesome. <laughs> Absolutely, any time uh, a suspended and air body hits a plane, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's something we should practice more often. <laughs> did you uh, Did you learn anything? Um, yeah, I learned that I'd mentioned that, uh, zombie fish sound like pigs. I learned that, uh, um, when three shotguns, uh, set up to, to shoot off at the same time is not enough. You can always add a fourth. <laughs> uh, she, she added a fourth at the end. And, uh, if I noticed that, or I learned that I need to, uh, get some spurs on my, on my shoes so that if I ever want to jump up and, uh, shoot while I'm upside down, uh, my spurs can, uh, can uh, hook into the door jam on top, dude, and uh, I'll shoot upside down. I that's one of the things I learned. No, way. I but what I my I learned that spurs can make you a badass in any situation. <laughs> that's where he got Neil from. That dude was doing all sorts of inhuman flips. Oh, he's swinging back and forth oh, like yeah, a pendulum. Awesome. And I also learned that the club also doubles as a makeshift axe, <laughs> a makeshift whatever it does, it kicks ass. Yeah. That was that was awesome. The memory count on this was zero, no titties. Which you know, I'm not sure I'd want to see any of the titties. Well, I want to see all titties, but well, maybe 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 we should do a show that had just based it around titties. We should do like the Slumber Party Massacre movies. Let's do uh, let's do lady. Uh, let's do a show about uh, uh, lingerie ladies in trouble. <laughs> the Erotic Witch Project or like Emmanuel. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, what uh, did you get? Any who else said that? Uh, yes, I did. I got, uh, got, I got a few here actually. I only have one. Um, <laughs> there. Well, why don't you go first? No, no, you go first. All right. Uh, there was a line that says, "You need to shut up with the girly talk and calm down." Uh, that was me to Vaughn and Steven Uh, every time we do a douche cast. <laughs> Oh. Uh, there was there was a line that said uh, crazy has definitely come to this town for a visit. Uh, that was actually Salt Lake City's mayor when uh, Sarah Palin showed up in Salt Lake City for her book signing. Oh man, but I want to see them titties. <laughs> well, who doesn't? Come on. Uh, let's see. Uh, on the, in the last one, yeah. uh, this one is so dumb. It's uh, I'll finish you off faster than a birthday cake at a fat chick's effing party. That was actually Rosie O'Donnell to a cake at her own birthday party. <laughs> I got something for that same quote. That's my who else said that. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I'm going to say the quote out loud. It's like, okay. I'll fucking finish you off faster than a fucking birthday cake at a fat chick's fucking birthday party. <laughs> that was the transvestite hooker that uh, Eddie Murphy picked up. Oh, yes. Divine Brown. Yeah, he, she said oh, that. Oh, no, 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 no. It was Divine Brown, wasn't it? No, 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 that was the guy that uh, that the British guy picked up. Uh, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. That was a girl, dude. Yeah. Oh, oops. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't think of uh, this girl guy's name. I'm <laughs> not a fan. What? I do have a six degrees. Rain Man can't remember the important stuff. You know what? Um, 
transvestite hookers are not on the high priority end of my, uh, end of my list. You have your priorities absolutely backwards. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, my six degrees for this mm-hmm. is Bruce... Oh, I'm sorry. Let me see. Mungo McKay was in Daybreakers with Willem Dafoe, who was in Spider-Man with Bruce Campbell. Uh, nice. That was hard, man. This was a hard one because these people have been in not very many movies. What would you give this movie? I give this a solid buy. I mean, unfortunately, there were just a couple of things that, uh, um, uh, like I said, that didn't bother me, but I just don't think quite deserved the bone saw rating. However, I definitely recommend people check this movie out. That's what I gave it, man, a buy. Dude, what? Man. I'm telling you. And we're like on the level, man. I couldn't give this a bone saw. Sephora, I gave it a red box. I gave uh, Critters a red box, so that's cool. Yeah, well, I mean. You know what's funny is we usually pick uh, we usually pick movies that uh, we already kind of like. You know, we, we know we like them going yeah. in. But but next episode, we have I'm, we have picked a movie on purpose that we, that we know we disagree with. I'm going to tell you right now that from what I've seen of the next episode, and you you picked all the movies for the next episode, by the way. But I'm, I have, you know, I haven't seen the rage. Yet. But I'm gonna tell you right now. Well, I haven't either. But I'm gonna tell you right now that I'm not impressed with any of them so far. Wait, what? What are we? No, what are we? What? Are, I can only remember one movie we're doing next. Time. The next episode is it's the virus movies. We're doing Cabin <laughs> Fever two and the Rage. You know, it's not too late to change those movies. No, know? I've already watched these, and Kevin Fever... T- Boy, you can't watch another movie? I'm going to tell you right now, I watched Kevin Fever tw- 2 twice, uh-huh. and if you change on me right now... Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Okay, well, no, that's that's actually the one that we chose, because we know yeah. we disagree on. No, I... And so, because well, I, I, I really like that movie. Yeah, I think I think this next one is going to... We're going to definitely show our, uh, our, show our differences. Oh. <sighs> I thought you were going to say show our wieners. Sure, we're going to show our wieners on the next one. We're going to show our nipples. <laughs> my nipples are out right now. In fact, uh, uh, I've got my shirt off and everything. I mean, I've got, like, chest pubes falling all over the computers. That's <laughs> Nothing great. Sick, yeah. You need one of those air blowers. Shh. <laughs> I need a Floby for my chest and back. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's cool, man. That's great. And and anybody wants to send in some feedback for the next episode, that's awesome. We'd love to hear from you. I actually really, on the next three movies, I would love to hear from everybody because... Well, especially because we will we will be disagreeing. Oh, yeah. And, and my mind on two of these movies is completely made up. So the third one, I, you know, I'm completely open on right now, but... I want to hear what everybody thinks. Uh, anyway, okay, so uh, is that all we got for this episode? I think it is, man. Like Johnny said, we love the voicemails. Uh, 206-339-2730. 206-339-2730. And uh, that's all we got then, right? Oh, can I add something else? Well, you absolutely can. Awesome. I am going to be at Texas Frightmare Weekend April 30th through May the 2nd. I'll be there till May the 3rd, actually. And it's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be freaking just really cool. So if any of you want to come up, hang out, we can, you know, we can go have a drink. We can hang out with Elvira, anything. You know, just come out and say hey. All right. So uh, from the Cadaver Lab, we will see you. Bitches. Bitches.